Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. This is improving my mood. What you doing That's what I'm here for. Thank you, City Limits. What is mood? What is a mood? What are moods? Limits. Yesterday, I was really, really energetic. I felt almost happy. And then I tried to recreate everything that had happened the night before. Same sleep, same food, same exercise. And today, I'm cranky. No two days are the same. I'd love to fight Ron today. I'll tell you that much. This is how I miss him. The form that I miss him in is a foil, somebody to fight, somebody to take out my moods on. And you're the only person here. And I'm trying to figure out why, why we have, what are moods? What are they? And what are they attributable to? And why do they change palpably, palpably with music? Why? I don't know. Kind of an attitude type of thing. Can you play that again? Because I, that, that started to change my mood. And I've never gotten sick of that song my whole life. In fact, every time I hear it, I feel like it's the first time I'm hearing it. I also can't stop thinking about can't stop thinking about the most famous Pittsburgher, non-sports Pittsburgh person of all time. The end of the morning show they were talking about that. It's got to be Mr. Rogers. Is it? I mean, is is he more fa- Was he b- bigger than Gene Kelly? Who else am I seeing here? Perry Como? That's big. Is Mark Cuban considered sports, non-sports, because of the Mavericks? Just business? No, 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 no. Well, that's well, actually a pretty good question, isn't it? August Wilson, the playwright? Yeah. Andy Warhol? Yeah, probably Andy Warhol. Is more famous than Mr. Rogers? No way. Is there a Mr. Rogers Museum? If you took every famous Pittsburgher non-sports in their prime 
and brought them around the world, who would be most recognized? It's got to be Mr. Rogers. Yeah, probably Mr. Rogers. Certainly not Dennis Miller, was it? I mean, at one time, though, it might have been Perry Como, but he wouldn't reach as many people as Mr. Rogers would have in his prime. Yeah, and him There's and, no way. No, him and Andy Warhol were also in, also in completely different eras in terms of media and availability to see people and Mr. Rogers with a TV show. Wait a second. Jimmy Stewart. What about him? Another good pick. Where is he from? Well, well he's in Indiana. That's not really Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, it's- a little bit farther out. Yes, it is. It's a lot farther out, actually, city limits. How are you today? I'm good, Joe. I How think are you? I might have a cavity, too. You know, toothaches definitely play a part in our mood, and I'm not happy about that because I've been very, very vigilant with my tooth care. I feel like flossing, brushing multiple times. Ron was a one-brush-a-day guy. Remember he revealed that on the air? Yeah, I think you got to be two. Once in the morning, once at night. I say at least two. Ron was a was a... What was he, once in the morning? He was a once in the morning guy. That's it. How do you go to, to bed with unbrushed teeth? Yeah, I don't like that. You can't do that, can you? No, you shouldn't. And at he least. said he never had a cavity in his life. What do the dentists recommend? Three times a day? After you eat breakfast, yeah, lunch, think, and dinner? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Two a, two a day is good. One a day, no. Absolutely do, not. Do dentists want people after they go eat at like a fancy restaurant to go into the bathroom before they leave and brush their teeth? What? What do you mean? Right before you go to the dentist? No, like they want you to they want you to brush your teeth three times a day yeah. after you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. But what if you eat breakfast out at some restaurant you don't or eat, whatever? Well, and then you go to work. Yeah. And then later on, how is that possible? It's an excellent point, City Limits. It probably wasn't I'll phrased give, correctly, but I, give you I that. think the point's there. I'll give you that much. It's Off the Top, brought to you by J.P. Roofing and Siding. And what treats we have for you today, including the one and only Donnie Football at noon. He's going to join me in the studio for a couple hours. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys were college classmates, were you? No. So Donnie, Donnie's actually about five or six years older than me. Ah. He's 29. But you went to the same college. Correct. Both graduated from Waynesburg University, right? Yes. That should be interesting, I would say. Would you agree with that? I'd say so. It's going to be a lot of fun. Work with Donnie on Monday. I like Donnie. You know, you never know how it's going to go on the air with somebody. I don't know how it's going to go, but I, I like him. We joke around a lot. Is this your guys' first time together on the air? Other than that one day that you filled in for me when I got uh, called out from the bull when Donnie got called in from the bullpen. Yeah, and butchered texts in the city. Yeah, remember that? I heard. Um, hopefully today it'll go better. All right. You know where we're going to start today is with Mike Sullivan. I mean, this is this is incredible stuff. Clearly, Mike Sullivan is starting to feel the heat a little bit. Not the heat of losing his job because Kyle Dubas, as he said yesterday, not even a discussion about Mike Sullivan. There is no discussion there. Low-hanging fruit, him and his assistants. Never mind that the team is radically underachieving, even though all the stars have played every game now for two straight seasons. They're getting pretty good goaltending, and they still can't get themselves into playoff position. Uh, don't look at the coaches, we're told. That's, that's low-hanging fruit. Well, I'm going to look at Sully today. And the answer that he gave yesterday to a question from a Montreal reporter, and the Canadians are in tonight, and they stink. 
and they have one of the worst penalty kills in hockey. So we'll see if the Penguins can go 0 for 6 and allow a shorthanded goal tonight. They better win tonight. I mean, if, if I know Dubas said, you know, I'll give you in the next two weeks. If they lose tonight, and I think Montreal played last night, did they not? If they lose tonight at home, waiting for the Canadians, then two weeks becomes one oh, day. Joe, I got some breaking news for you here. What do you got? This is not Penguins, but it is Pirates. Right-handed pitcher Mitch Keller and the Pittsburgh Pirates are in agreement on a five-year contract extension from Jeff Passan of ESPN. Holy horse How milk. about that? Wow. Wow is right. Okay, then let's get Jason Mackey on the line. Dial yes, him we'll up immediately. Tell him to stop working on whatever he's working on for the Post-Gazette and have his priorities straight and get on the air with us. I'll text him now. That's fantastic for the Pirates. Keller had two years left on a deal, so he had three more years on. So that's an extension in three straight years for the Pirates. Three years ago was Hayes. Last year was Reynolds. This year, Keller. Where did that breaking news come from? Jeff Passan, ESPN. And you're sure it's not a fake, Jeff Passan? I just checked. It's correct. How I many have followers notifications does that Jeff Passan have? 1.1 million. All right, then it's not fake. It is true. Well, then we make a quick reversal, don't we? I was in the yeah. m- middle of a Sully soliloquy, but I got to switch to this. Negative to the positive. Yeah. I mean, this comes the day after uh, the story in The Athletic that uh, some people were up in arms with. Uh, some people... Also saying, why aren't you talking about that? I did off the top of the show. <laughs> I talked about it. Uh, I didn't think there was tons new there. But the day after it, we have this. So what do we make of it? What do you make of it as a Pirate fan? Is this something that changes your mind? Because I heard a lot of people, well, Key Brian Hayes was one thing. That's just the cost of doing business. And so is this in a way. I'm curious to see the money. Then the Brian Reynolds extension, we right. had that. $106 million. They finally paid somebody $100 million. And now, you know, if your complaint is, well, they never keep guys. And one of the thrusts of that story yesterday was Garrett Cole. Like, why were they in such a hurry to get rid of Garrett Cole? Well, they were never going to pay him the kind of money that he eventually got, which was what? What was his contract? $200 million? Yeah, it was something ridiculous more than like that. that? Uh, it just wasn't going to happen, and every day that you keep a guy with two years left on a deal, his value goes down. You were wondering about Cole? Yeah. Nine and $324 million. There you go, $324 million. 36 a year. So I think they were probably, you know, looking to get that, A, get, get return for Garrett Cole, which in the end, who did they get for Garrett Cole? They got, I don't think they got a lot. Joe they, Musgrove, yeah. Michael Feliz. Okay. Um, well, Musgrove was, kinda, Musgrove, Musgrove was a get that they parlayed into Bednar, did they not? Yes. Colin Moran. Yeah, that didn't, didn't turn, turn into anything. But the point is, you know, when you have a Garrett Cole and he's headed for that kind of money, you're trying to get return. And in the end, to get Musgrove, I mean, Musgrove turned into an all-star pitcher in his own right last year, just not with the Pirates, but they parlayed him into Bednar, so they got something. Right? Yeah, it worked out. Something not too bad for a guy that you were never going to pay. There's a handful of teams in baseball that would pay Garrett Cole $300 million. Have they engendered some goodwill for you? It's very interesting to me that this comes the day after that story. Have they engendered goodwill? 412-928-9370. 928-9370. Waiting to see the money 
on the Mitch Keller deal here. Five-year extension. That buys out, what, at least a couple years of free agency. Yeah, three years. Three buys out three years of free agency? Yeah, he had two years left, including this year. 210 strikeouts last year. I disagreed with what Mackey wrote the other day, that he's an ace. Even Shelty wasn't calling him an ace at the end of last season. He still has a he still has a little bit more to do, like get that ERA under four to be a true ace. But believe me, I love this. Joe, this deal is friendly. Let's hear it. First money it's coming out from Jason Mackey. Yeah. Pirates and Keller agree to an extension. Five years, seventy seven million. That seems pretty low to me. For what's a guy the, that made the, the All-Star game that? last year. If if Ron were here, he could figure that out right right now. Just divide 77 by five city limits on your phone, if you would. I'm too tired. 15 and a half. Man, that, that does seem like a great. That almost seems too good to be well, true. What I, else is attached to the deal? Are there player options at the end of it? What's happening here? No news yet, but I imagine that this is probably going to include the money that he was getting in arbitration this year, which is about $5 million, what they agreed to so they didn't have to go to a settlement hearing. Well, let's ask Mackey. He's going to come on with us soon. Good. I don't know what soon means, but that's good. He's got he's to get some stories written up, and then he'll be able to join us. I want to hear from fans. And Sully will be the happiest guy in town now that we moved on from that, but we'll get back to that. Mitch Keller, five years, $77 million. The major complaints about this team are they don't sign their own stars, if you want to call him a star. Well, they've now signed Reynolds, they've signed Keller, they've signed Hayes. I would think next on the list is O'Neill Cruz if he if he shows he's fully back from the injury. I wouldn't do that or even pursue that until I see him for a couple months. And if he's playing great, then we'll do these types of deals that that other teams like the Rays have done with their players, which is is sign him real early in his career. I think people do believe that. 30-30, and it's the conversation once again with Cruz after it was last year and he only played nine or so games, that that's a real possibility. 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. You wonder how the price can continue to go up and if the Pirates will try to negotiate in season like they did with Keller. But, I mean, again, three years, three deals, it's shown some sign of progress. I would say so. Again, I want to be careful. It's merely the cost of doing business. Yes. But it's the type of things that everybody complains about. I don't think it's been a great offseason for the Pirates. I wanted them to spend more. I wanted them to get more players in here. And they still might. They still need a starting pitcher. I would say desperately at this point. But, But moves like this, I think, should engender goodwill because they directly contradict the biggest complaints about the team, some of which, by the way, uh, aren't entirely true. Like, oh, they never sign their own stars. They never do that. They never keep their own guys who are good. It just, it sort of flies in the face of some facts, like when they had the so-called dream outfield of McCutcheon, Marte, and Polanco. They signed every single one of them through multiple free agent years past the age of 30. Marte winds up getting himself in trouble, misses a season. Polanco just completely falls apart, and McCutcheon tailed off. You know, toward the end of his first tenure here. That's just a fact, you know? So you can't say they never do. A guy like Garrett Cole, well, 
I think even the most optimistic among us would say that they're probably not going to re-sign a Garrett Cole when he's going to go out and get hundreds of millions of dollars. I think half the league or more is in that same boat. So who are who exactly are all these players that the Pirates didn't keep that were young stars, you know? But here they're signing one, or at least a potential one. Like I said, I'm, I, I don't yet put Keller in the ace category, but maybe that's why you get him for five years and $77 million. I think it's a great deal. What's there not to like? You tell me, or you tell me that you like it. And then we can talk in general about the Pirates heading into this season. Because to me, that complaint, and I think it's the main complaint, however much merit there is to it. There's two main complaints. One, they don't go out on the free agent market and get guys. Two, they don't sign their own young players. Well, they've now done this three times for a total of well over $200 million in three guys, right? Keller, Hayes, and Reynolds, well over $3 million, if I'm, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Keller, 70, Reynolds, 106, and Hayes, 70, Keller, 77, and well, there you Reynolds, go. 106. So, I mean, that one, that one is kind of shot right now because who else on this particular team falls into that category? I guess, I guess Cruz would be the next guy. Right. And you know you'd be yelling and screaming if if little uh, city limits came in with some bad news on the Pirates. You know? So let's hear from you. 412-928-9370. 928-9370. Your first reaction to this deal. We're going to have Jason Mackey on. The third complaint is a very fair one, and it's their biggest issue. It's their biggest issue, but it's the least talked about, I guess because it's more fun to talk about the money aspect, it's drafting and development. Drafting and development is and has been the biggest issue. By far, if you ask me, because it's been proven over and over again that you can win on lower payrolls. Yes, the payroll should be higher. Everybody on earth agrees on that. But you can win with a low payroll. The Orioles did it. They've drafted and developed expertly. They've added wisely. They've gone out and made some bold moves now. Brewers win on relatively low payrolls. Pirates should absolutely be in the Brewers' neighborhood payroll-wise. Same market, same city pretty much. They should be. Look at the Rays every single year. Teams won last year on low payrolls. Teams win every year on low payrolls. It's about drafting and development, and and finding other people's, you know, misfits and correcting them and making them yours. That's one thing that Tampa does that they probably don't get enough credit for. It's not all drafting and development. Drafting, development, and finding diamonds in the rough. That, that's a, that, that all goes under the same umbrella. That's what you need to be able to do. You have to be able to do that. But bottom line is here, Mitch Keller, five years, Jason Mack reporting $77 million. We'll see if there's any catches to the contract, what else the contract entails. Does that make you happy as a Pirate fan? Does it make you say, hmm, maybe I'll go out to the ballpark even? I don't know. 
Or does it make you say, yeah, so what? That's just the cost of doing business. Finally, that type of thing. Let's have a discussion. City limits, 928-9370. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Breaking news, the Pirates have signed right-handed pitcher and 2023 All-Star Mitch Keller to a five-year contract worth $77 million. Keller's 27 years old, struck out 210 batters last year during his breakout season. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. Mitch Keller signs an extension here. We're going to go out to Jason Mackey on the Sullivan Super Service fan hotline. First, a quick happy birthday to little tiny Aubrey Bumbless. She's 16 today, and I think she got her permit. My God, soon my daughter's going to be on the roads. Clear out, city limits. Fearful. Clear out. Stay off the roads. Happy birthday, A.B. All right, Jason, in Bradenton. Man. This one came as a bit of a surprise, and I have a question for you. I'm just looking at the, uh, and thank you for, I know you're busy for coming on here. Um, this is about $15 million a year, something like that, and that doesn't put him in the top 30 salaries among major league pitchers. So why would Keller do this deal? That's my question. Mitch wants to be here. That's probably the uh, – I talked to Mitch about that a couple of days ago. It's probably an oversimplification. I mean, Mitch could have easily, you know, gone to become a free agent and made more money elsewhere. Um, that was going to take a little bit. He likes it here. Uh, I think he – you know, Keller, it's really been neat to see him evolve as a person, as a teammate, how respected he is there because of what he's gone through. And, you know, I, I think he, along with – Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, a bunch of other guys here think that the Pirates are building something. I know that, you know, externally people probably think differently of it, but Mitch really genuinely likes being here. And I mean, shoot, if you tell me I'm going to get five and 77 now, or I can chance it two years as a pitcher and, you know, I may get six and 100, I'm just making up numbers, but I mean, five and 77 is a pretty darn good uh, piece of certainty there for Mitch, Mitch Keller. Yeah, I guess that's always the thing when you when you put that out in front of somebody, they have to be thinking, what about arm injuries? What about this and that? Yeah, they still they still guaranteed. have they still have control over me for what another year, correct? He had one year of arbitration yep. and then free agency. So yep. they bu- they yep. bought out what? 3 years of free agency or 4? Um well, we got to know when the deal kicks in. I okay. don't know that yet, like whether it starts this year. I don't know how the deal structure, like, you know, it literally came out 20 minutes ago. But I mean, it, let's, let's say that this year is going to remain what he was. It was like 5.4. Yeah. So they would have bought out one, three years of free agency, if, if that's the way it's structured. I do not know that at this point because it's still real early. And then if you're him and you become that durable guy, you know, over time, who he might still get better, by the way. Um, yes. Then you can sign a new deal somewhere else, presumably when you're 33. That's still kind of prime age for a pitcher. So, yeah, I, I can see it from his perspective, too, and definitely – from the Pirates' perspective, I would definitely label this a team-friendly deal, Jason, wouldn't you? 
100%, Joe. Couldn't agree. I mean, they got – I think the world of Mitch Keller. I mean, they got a legitimate ace, a, team, a term that gets overused in this sport for $15.4 million a year. Um, I, that's pretty darn good. The dude struck out 210 last year. He very easily could have worked 200 innings. Like, those pitchers have become so rare in this game. Um, and so, yeah, I – I, I love this deal for the Pirates. I don't know how you couldn't. I haven't seen a single opinion that says anything other than being extremely team-friendly. Well, we're about to get to the phone lines, so we'll see what happens then. No. Even this, man. I would have to think. more about the Pirates. How could yeah. you get mad about this? I know. We could quibble about the term ace. I know even Sheltie wasn't ready to call on that at the end of the year. It depends on your definition, but but either way, the idea for me, if I were a Pirate fan, of Skeens and Keller at the top of my rotation, and then they have tons of young arms beyond the Contreras's and the Ortiz's, they have, they have a bunch of guys that they've invested in here in terms of draft picks and bringing in, right? Yes. I mean, they have a pretty good pipeline of pitchers coming. Um, Anthony Salamedo, Bubba Chandler, Jared Jones, and I mean, I'm like, intentionally omitting Paul Skeens because you said that. But, I mean, they've got a nice stable of arms coming. Uh, Thomas Harrington is somebody listeners probably don't know a lot about, but he's like a you know single-A, maybe high-A guy, um, highly regarded. They, they just, they're starting to get more pitchers at the lower level. The rub on the Pirates this offseason has, has been you know bridging the gap between what they have now and that younger group. So, yeah, you'd probably like to see them do more. That's obviously a fair criticism. I'm not going to sit there and defend that, but I mean, they do have help on the way. Mike Burroughs, JT Brubaker, guys who were injured last year who are going to be coming back and contribute to the staff. Obviously, it stinks Oviedo being out, but yeah, I, they, they've got some very talented young arms on the way, and it's pretty neat to sit there and think about that rotation with Keller and Skeens at the top. I agree with you. Those are two pretty good horses. Now, this comes the day after and has a lot of people thinking conspiracy theory, the day after uh, the Rosenthal-Nesbitt piece in The Athletic. But from what I have heard, well, what City Limits told me, you knew this was coming down anyway, right? Or had a feeling? I I, I think the timing's convenient. I don't think it hurts the Pirates, but I don't think it was done because of that. Um, No, because you need two to tango. I mean, you can't just say, yeah, this was a PR move by the Pirates. You kind of need Keller's cooperation in this matter. Well, and I mean, okay, so here's where I've seen this from my perspective. I talked to Mitch about this last week, and I wrote this. Him saying, like, I I hope it happens, you know, like I'm optimistic, and that's Mitch wanting to be here. Yeah. Um, Charrington has talked about this is the best time to do it. I know Ben has been very busy. Like I walk past Ben's car every day and I leave. I'm generally here for a long time. I have never not seen it. Like I feel like he's George Costanza outside of Yankee Stadium. And I say that jokingly, but like there's a lot of crap you're sorting through right now. And so, yeah, they've been working on Keller's extension. They've been working on other things. Um, I don't think this was, oh, my God, I saw the athletic piece. I'm mad. Let's get an extension done. Like, no, I don't think that's the way this went down. Well, they have now signed their first $100 million player in Reynolds. They got Hayes on an unbelievable bargain if he continues to play like he did late last season. This is an incredible bargain, but they're still laying out well over $200 million for three of their own players, which sort of contradicts one of the main complaints about them. And it leads to my question, which is who's next? I think the obvious answer is probably O'Neill Cruz. Are they thinking that way already? Or do they have to see how he recovers from this injury and such? Well, I think they would be interested, Joe. Uh, I think they are interested, but 
Yeah, you, you want to see it. Um, what I know about the cruise conversations, and this has happened, it's been talked about, that they've never really gotten close on a, on a value, unlike what the Pirates think about him, what he thinks about himself. It's also been tough. O'Neill Cruz changed agencies twice this offseason, like, mm-hmm. and he's had a total of three agents. So, I mean, that just kind of sets you back. It's weird. I mean, not that you know the Pirates haven't dealt with these gr- groups. Like, Cruz is actually represented by CAA, which also represents Brian Reynolds. So, if anything, there's some continuity there. Um, but, like, I don't want to say I, I'm not optimistic that it would – I don't know. I guess I'm not optimistic that a Cruz thing would happen just because of the injury, the different valuations, not knowing for sure what you're going to get out of him. You've already signed Keller. Like, yeah. there are a lot of signs here that point to Cruz would make sense. I'd certainly love to see it, but I don't feel great that it's going to get done. You know who feels really important right now to me? Like, if again, if I were a Pirate fan, I would be pumped about Skeens Keller. I would like having Brian Reynolds. I think I, I know what I'm getting from him. Good player. I'd be really excited about a left side of the infield with Cruz and Hayes. Jack Sawinski feels like a like a swing player here, like a really important guy. What do you mm-hmm. think we see from him this year? I I completely agree with you, Joe. And I think Jack is another like sleepy important candidate with extension stuff because I think they could find agreement on something. I think Jack, because of some of his stuff, you know, he struck out a lot. He looked at a lot of pitches, probably too many pitches by his own admission. You know, he showed some power, but not enough consistency. I think all that stuff's fair. But if you're the Pirates, do you, how do you not look at him and say, boy, there's potential there to be really great? And I, I, I think the world of Jack, I know I've gotten to know him pretty well and how he works and what he does in the offseason, the type of person he is off the field. Like, I'm betting on that makeup every day of the week. So, you know, Jack has only ever known a team-controlled salary, and I don't know if he's ever made more than 700000 not that that's a pittance, but, you know, in Major League Baseball money, that's not a lot of money, and you go dangle a, a great extension for him and buy out his beers, like that would make sense for the Pirates to make sure this guy's here and you get something done and you, you make a statement and you're still, you know, based on what that production would translate to free agent-wise, you're still in in a good situation. So, Anyway, Joe, I guess it's a a long-winded way of saying that I agree with you. I think he's a very important part of this team. I think he's going to have a very solid year. I think he's well aware of what his faults have been. And I've seen him, for what we've seen so far, look a lot better as far as correcting them. Lastly and quickly, is Charrington going to bring in somewhat of a proven starting pitcher? Uh, My optimism is dwindling very fast. Um, I think they will bring in somebody. Is it going to be proven, you know, like a, an Edward Cabrera trade? I, I, I don't feel great about that at this point, but I hope there's at least something. Jason, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know you're busy. We'll talk to you later. Anytime, Joe. Thanks for having me. Take care. Great reporting by Jason Mackey in the Post-Gazette. I believe he was the first to have the numbers here on this deal. So let's get to you on the phone lines. Because like I said before, if this was a – uh, a bad news day for the Pirates. You'd be cranking up these lines here. So what about now? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Are, are, the, are the Pirates convincing you at least a little more that they're trying to win? Are they engendering goodwill with you? Are they changing any minds or no? Do, do you feel happy as a Pirate fan or at least headed in that direction? 
Or the other side is, so what? You know, it's the cost of business. Want to see? I want to see more too. I do want to see a proven starting pitcher added. But man, I, I think they, I, I think they have to have engendered some goodwill by signing three guys for two hundred and whatever million dollars for years into their free agency seasons. Let's talk about all that coming up. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. We'll do it next on the Joe Show. Mitch Keller made the All Star game for the first time in twenty twenty three. And now he also has the largest contract that a Pirates pitcher has ever received. It's five years, $77 million for the Buccos right-hander, who leads the club all-time in strikeouts in a season with 210 that was accorded last season. Pit basketball, 5.30 against Virginia Tech on Saturday. You can hear it right here on the fan and on your Odyssey app beginning at 5 o'clock. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Mitch Keller, five years, $77 million. Let's get to the phone lines, city limits. Let's get some reaction here. Let's go to Dave in Jock Hill, PA. Where? He said Jock Hill, PA. I've where's that, Dave? Jock Hill. Jock Hill. Yeah, where is it? Hello. It's up there, uh, Nemecolon. Ah, okay. What do you got? Oh, hey, I love the move. You know, I think it's a the right step. I mean, they got a long way to go, but it, it's moving in the right direction. And if schemes and crews pan out this year, they sh- they're going to have to make a splash next year in a free agency, or uh, they're sliding backwards. I think. Yeah, I kind of hope they did more in free agency this year. But as far as Dave from Jock Hill is concerned, uh, it sounds like your mind is starting to turn a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, last year I saw some improvement in the second half of the year. You know, we got to see if some of these guys pan out. And sooner or later they're going to have to augment that pitching staff with a couple of proven starters and, you know, go out and pay some big money. Man, I I know. I'd love to just see one guy one real guy added to that staff i appreciate the call next here's mark in fort lauderdale you're not far from ron cook mark how are you today good i uh, passed ron yesterday on the way up to pirate city in Burlington. Uh, when i went past fort myers up to Burlington. i saw skeen story yesterday and I, I am excited uh cautiously excited about it but ben's done i really believe he's in year four because if he let the first year he got hired it was past the time where they get their scouting player development system but uh, there's a lot of optimism with the Pirates. But the thing that's concerning to me is all the other four clubs in the Central Division have vastly improved this year. I mean, Nick Kroll may be the next Baltimore Orioles with the Reds. Uh, the Cardinals went out and spent $130 million for three veteran pitchers and Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and bringing Lance Lynn back. The Cubs' Craig Council, to me, is the best manager in baseball, simply, and he wouldn't take that job if he didn't feel comfortable about it. So, and the Brewers, to me, they give a guy $80 million that hasn't played a major league game yet. I just get concerned that I think the talent level in the Central is much better than it's been ever. Well, yeah, and the thing that people don't realize is we all talk about the Pirates' farm system, and I think it's only rated about ninth in baseball by some people. These other teams in the Central have great prospects and farm systems too, so it's not really an advantage in their own division for the Pirates. I appreciate the call. Good points all there. I mean, it's all relative what you're doing, you know? And the Brewers won this division by nine games last year. 
and they've made some interesting ads. So that's all true. There's no denying that. Here's Joe and Matt Lebanon. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good. What's up? Hey, Joe, I'm ecstatic that they signed Color, Reynolds, and Hayes. Finally, they're paying money. But when you said they, you know, it's not true that they don't sign their own players. The only reason they signed some of their players was because of the huge hometown discounts they got. They signed Marte six years. Who cares? Did they did they sign him or didn't they sign him? Who who cares? Now we're quibbling over over this. Which player, other than Garrett Cole, did the Pirates not re-sign that you thought they should have? They should have kept that guy and re-signed him, and there they go again getting rid of a guy. Who in your? They got rid of Musgrove wasn't even close to a star when when they dealt him. What? Musgrove's one of the best pitchers in the National League. Yeah, he became one elsewhere. When they traded right. him here, he was he was just okay. Was still, and they, and they wound up making a pretty good baseball deal, did they not? Joe, when you play up with bad players... No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm asking you a question. So you responded with Musgrove. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, well he, 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 they do. They, they dumped his salary. He was, they didn't want to let me him. finish. He wasn't a young star when they traded him. That's A. No, he was a very good pitcher. You're not letting me time. finish. He was? And and yes, B was. B they made a real baseball trade where they wound up getting an elite closer back for him. Am I right about that, Joe? I would rather have an elite starter than an elite closer. And you say that Joe Musgrove, who was one in five with a three nine ERA in his last year here, was an elite starter in Pittsburgh. Joe, the three point nine ERA with with this with that team that he had playing elite? behind him was elite. It was. Okay. Well, and then we have, we have a very, that. very different definition of an elite pitcher. He became Joe, elite picking, in San Diego, there's no doubt. So you picked six games. He has a one in five. 11 record. and 12 the year before with a 4-4-4 ERA. He wasn't elite and, here. There, there, there's Joe, no there's Joe, no definition of elite. Plus, they made a baseball trade and got a really good player back. There was. Did you know? What's this guy's name? What's his name? 11, 11 Joe. And 12 was Joe. Joe from Mount Lebanon. So you knew, you knew when Joe Musgrove was here, man, that's a star. And when they traded Joe Musgrove, Joe and Mount Lebanon said, they just let go of another young star player. How could they do that? Musgrove is elite. That's what you were saying? If you were, man, I give you all the credit in the world and the Pirates should sign you as a scout. Joe, good. I hope you'll give me two okay. minutes to tell you some stories. I've seen over 3,000 Major League Baseball games. Okay. In, per- in person. Yeah. Not counting the other games I've seen on TV, which is probably another 3,000. All right. I, I, I worked at one time at PNC Park. Okay. When Coonley took over, I'm standing down there. I, I did money for the I got concession company. I'm standing down there picking money up. I go up early and watch the games. He comes up to me. He goes, how's it take today? I said, bad, Frank. He goes, why? I said, Frank, you got 3,000 people in the park. There's no money. So I said, so, I said, so what players, this is when he first came in. I said, what players do you like on the team? Uh, geez, I mean, the catcher who couldn't catch. He was a decent hitter. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's okay. Joe, I appreciate your passion. We can disagree on stuff. I just think that the that, that it's an overrated uh, criticism of the Pirates that, oh, they never signed their young guys. Like I, I told you, they had the dream outfield. They signed all three of them past the age of 30 through free agent years. Didn't work out. Garrett Cole is one example. That's a, that's a good example, recent example I don't think Musgrove qualifies. You obviously do. That's fine. I appreciate the call. That got a little heated, didn't it? Intense. He loves his baseball.
I didn't know where he was going with that. Mitch um, Keller talked about it at Pirates Fest with Dan Zangrilli that he wanted to potentially try to get this deal done. By the way, Andy Rodriguez came over in the Musgrove deal. Through the Mets. Yeah, through the Mets. Three-team deal. Yeah, a three-team deal in which Musgrove was dealt and the Pirates wind up with Andy Rodriguez and David Bednar. I would call that a real baseball trade. I think it was a crushing blow that Rodriguez was lost this season, by the way, because even though he struggled at the plate at times, I really liked that kid, and I think he was hurt for part of last season. I still think he's their future catcher. So that the Musgrove thing does not qualify under the above uh, discussion of trading young stars and not re-signing them. I don't think. Do you? No, I, I agree. Rodriguez is going to be he's, – he's an energizer type of player. And especially at the catcher position is the type of guy that you could really utilize defensively, offensively as a solid player, young guy. But he yeah, also had a, back. He also had a great bat in the minors. Yeah, didn't translate he, yet in the majors. Well, no, he's been here for not even a cup of coffee, just right. an espresso. About I two think. months. Yeah, yeah, little mini espresso in the tiny cup city limit. Well, we won't see him for a whole another year. I know that is a shame. But my main complaint, my main complaint with the Pirates is drafting and developing. I mean, I, I, I've i read now four days in a row they're, they're all their first-round picks prior to Hank Davis, and we still don't even know what position he plays. That's, that's the key. I won't say I don't care about payroll, but it's not as big an issue for me as it is for others. It just isn't. I mean, the bottom payrolls last year, from 20 to 30 in Major League Baseball. So the bottom, what, what's that, 11? You had Milwaukee, Arizona, Washington, KC, Miami, Cleveland, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Baltimore, Oakland. So you go from 20 to 30 in payrolls. The bottom 11 in all of baseball. Are you listening closely here, City Limits? I'm listening. Among those bottom 11, you had two division winners, four playoff teams, and six winning records. Yeah, I think the payroll should be higher. They have to get a, they have to get another pitcher. I wish they would just commit to a pitcher outside of their organization for big money. Just one. Come on. I get it, but this is a much bigger discussion about drafting and development to me. And there's guys still available on the free agent market. You're not going to go sign Blake Snell. You're probably not going to sign Jordan Montgomery. That's why, why though? Trade- why why not at least make a stab because your your payroll would still be very very manageable. You know, I'd love to see them do that. Jordan but, Montgomery would probably make more sense. But yeah, failing that, bring in, bring in like a bona fide starter. Having said that, that the discussion is, is is so much bigger than payroll. Teams win with low payrolls. They do. Why? Because they're really smart. That's why. Because they sunk to the bottom of the league in some cases, like the Pirates who have had two recent number one overall picks, and how many picks in the top ten? Well, and Tampa Bay can't get anybody in their stadium, but they're in the cutting edge of everything. Their payroll's always pretty small, and they've signed guys to decent extensions, just like the Pirates are starting to do. Mitch Keller, five years, $77 million. Let's continue that discussion and also get into where I was going to start today, which was the Penguins, Kyle Dubas, Mike Sullivan. All of that we'll get into before Donnie Football joins us. He might have to be Donnie Baseball today at noon. I was going to say it's cooking Joe, but Ron's in Florida, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, soaking up the sun. And the beer. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. 
Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 49 today with a chance of rain throughout the day. Listen to the show every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. So get on that for your chance to win. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I think there's a mutual... Uh, Standing I'd love to be at Pittsburgh the rest of my career. I mean, I can't speak for the front office but i sure would hope they would feel the same about me yeah i mean just being drafted in 2014 I, this is my this be my 10th year in a pirates organization so it seems crazy to say that but um i don't i don't know anything else and i mean pirates fans have been great to me my whole career so i would love to be here and um yeah i would i would love it yeah all right and, and what, what's your- well it's gonna happen at least through Mitch Keller's age 33 season, five years, 77 million. Doesn't even put him in the top 30 annual salaries for pitchers right now. And you can bet between now and then, tons of guys. I mean, he'll be lucky to be in the top 100 by the time the contract ends. Um, but when you're a pitcher and when there's always that risk of arm injury and you're kind of at the height of your powers right now and the team still has another year of control anyway. And you're only making five something million this year. If if it stays that way, we'll see about the parameters of the new deal. Man, seventy-seven million looks guaranteed. Looks pretty good, you know. I think it's 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 very smart of the Pirates to dangle that. You know, they got a team-friendly deal, but it's also a risk. It's always a risk on the team side too, because of injury, and especially with pitchers, especially it seems with strikeout pitchers. So this is a great deal for the Pirates. And Keller said at the end of that clip that he didn't know if it was going to get done, wasn't really sure, but, you know, loves Pittsburgh, wants to be here. That's kind of a factor that we saw with Reynolds as well. 
just the overall expression of how much he wants to stick with the team, loves the city, loves what this team is building. Now, obviously, we got to see it translate on the field to a 500 team, if not better, this year. But it's telling for Mitch Keller and the Pirates that they well, trusted the process, and it's paid off at this point. It took a while. I mean, they're still the same team, though. Yes. Mitch Keller was already on the team, was already going to pitch. They, they, they still need another pitcher. So that's that's problematic, and as one of the callers from from last segment said, and he made great points, this is now a pretty tough division. The Cubs are back in the ball game here. Uh, we know what the Brewers do. The Reds have as much or more young talent than the Pirates right now. Uh, Cardinals are the Cardinals. I think I think they're going to be back at some point. And all these teams have pretty good farm systems as well. So it's not like the Pirates are coming in here with some huge advantage where, yeah, maybe some of these other teams are better, but we got guys rolling in. We got the farm system, not necessarily in this division. That's an issue. The crazy thing is, I think it was the Pirates finished above the Cardinals in the division for the first time in the standings since 1999 this year. Yeah. I could almost guarantee that's going to be very hard to repeat that in the same year. 928-9370 fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Text line, and we'll be doing texts in the city later with Donnie Football. The entire nation will be huddled around their radios for that. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Uh, the last thing that's good for me, two things, is to read comments under stories that I write, the comments section, and to look at the text line back there city limits i saw there was one person who just repeatedly it's the same guy keeps texting in joe sucks yeah he doesn't like joe time, is that you joe or caller joe oh maybe it was caller joe yeah. i don't know one or the other yeah i'll take it as a compliment anyway too many joes yeah joe sucks i tell you about the time i in in the early days we used to get the texts out here and there was one guy who was just lost his mind and i called him <laughs> which is a bad idea. I forget his name. He, I think he was out in Greensburg. I'm like, hey, it's it's uh, Joe Starkey. What's up? And at first he's like, hey. And then he's like, oh. And then he's like, and then he got tried to get tough on the other end of the line, said he was going to call my bosses. And I said, okay, here's the number. But just so you know, uh, I have a history of all the texts you've sent. Very, I was saying this very professionally. So I'll go back there and 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 let them know what texts you've sent so that they have a working basis for when you call them. Meanwhile, his texts were like filled with expletives and things like that and the worst stuff you could say. So I guess he never called. Big surprise there, huh? Oh, stunning. Could you imagine if we had the text that popped up like on a little board in the studio, like it's the New York <laughs> Stock Exchange, and we just get to read them as they go by? Well, we kind of do. I mean, yeah, but, we kind of do. But, but we're going to save it for texts in the city. Mitch Keller, five years, $77 million. Do you like it? Does it start to change your mind about the Pirates that they've now locked up three young players? Key Brian Hayes started to blossom last year. That deal, I mean, if he's anywhere near what he was offensively for the last three months of the season, that's an unbelievable steal to get an elite, the best. Him and Arenado, the two best. Fielding third baseman in the game. And then a guy who looked like an above-average hitter with a little bit of power coming down the stretch. That's just a, no matter who he's getting hitting help from, I might add. 
Um, that looks like an incredible steal. And so does this, quite frankly. Like I said, Keller's not in the top 30 pitchers in annual salary right now. I disagree with Mackey, who calls him a legitimate ace. It all depends on what you think an ace is. I mean, is it simply a number one starter? I think it's more than that. Even Derek Shelton on his show last year said that uh, Keller still had work to become an ace. To me, that's when you get a guy out there with, you know, an ERA in the lower threes or better where he's, you know, every time he goes on the hill, there's a chance for a wipeout game. You know, I, I think we know it when we see it. Right, Limits? Yeah, there is still room to grow here. I mean, we're not trying to convince anybody this is Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole That's or an anything ace. like That's that. That's an ace. That's so, an ace. So he has, and, and this is why you can get him for five years in 77. He's not that yet. And he has room to be able to get there. He does. I love the way he bounced back last year after a very rough stretch that had me and many others asking, now, wait a second, do you want to sign Mitch Keller long-term? And then he really righted himself, which I thought was impressive last season. Let's go back to the lines before we get to some Penguin stuff because it was a pretty big day, I thought, yesterday in Penguin country for a couple reasons. Go ahead, City Limits. Here's Gary and Butler. Hey, Gary. Hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, I would like to, I am very optimistic and love this move, and here's the reason why. Number one, you got him locked up now for five years. You have him and Skeens. That also frees you up to go get another quality pitcher. I hope. And then with the, and how they built this back end, too, you get these guys five, six good innings and turn it over to your bullpen, I think you're setting up for a really good season that there. So uh, I'd like to get you guys' take on it. Thanks again for taking my call. Well, again, it's all relative to the competition in the division, but you have to, like, appreciate the call, the back end of the bullpen. I just don't really love the rotation as it stands right now. I don't. And it's too bad, really, because Contreras looked for all the world like he was going to be a two or a three. That's what he looked like to me. And when Ortiz came up, I always go back to the Bob Walk line, and, and Walkie is not given to hyperbole. I can tell you that, publicly or privately. And he said that watching Luis Ortiz in his first couple games, he hadn't seen somebody come up debut with the Pirates and look like that since Garrett Cole. And I'd like to know what the hell happened. I really would. He was, he was turning on the red light, turning on the goal light, you know, on the broadcast, reaching 100 miles an hour pretty regularly. What happened? What happened to Contreras? And does it lend itself to fear with some of their other young pitchers? You know, I, I, I wish the rotation right now could potentially be Skeens, Keller, Gonzalez, Contreras, and Ortiz. I thought they stumbled into something with Ortiz, and I thought they had something with Contreras. Maybe that'll still pan out, but but I worry about those guys. I just wish one more starter. Just one more. Cabrera would be ideal. I'd be willing to give up some younger players. They have a log jam at second base here. What about Gonzalez? And I still don't know who's playing right field, Joe. I know. I mean, are you going to put G1 Bay in center and play Jack Sawinski in right? Shuffle the deck around like they did with Reynolds moving in from center to left to be able to put Jack Sawinski in center? That's another issue. It ain't going to be McCutcheon. No. I can tell you that. Maybe for a couple of games, maybe once a week. Maybe on a Sunday lineup. But 
No, you know gonna, what I liked last DH. year, and I know his numbers weren't great, was Palacios. Yeah, I do too. He was fun to watch. He was a timely hitter. Yes. He'd come in, pinch hit in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. There were a couple of times he'd tie the game up in the eighth inning, a couple walk-offs. He had some fun uh, big hits. Now listen, he was 239, 413 slug. He had 10 home runs and 247 at-bats and 40 runs batted in. I think there's some potential there still, and I realize he's 28. There's something about that guy. But, yeah, they probably need another bat, too, but not nearly as much as I think they need another start. And, I, and I'm assuming that Cruz and Hayes are going to be good offensively. Maybe that's a big assumption. Well, I think you have to. They, be, they, they better be, or, or it doesn't matter if they add somebody in right field or not, right? Yeah, they're not going anywhere if Hayes, Reynolds, and Cruz are not healthy and hit. Who's next not, on, on the lines here, City Limits? We have Scott in the South Hills. Hello, Scott. Hey, how you doing? I've um, never been better, and I value your inquiry. Uh, the, 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 the Pirates coaching staff, I don't know how they can make Keller any better. I mean, he's got a 4.7 career ERA. I mean, that's what he is. If they can't take Contreras with that slider and Ortiz with that fastball and not make them any better, how are they going to make Keller any better? Well, haven't they already made Keller a lot better? Listen, He's got a 4.7 career ERA. I mean, last year he was 4.2. The year before he was 3.9. I think the reason why it's up at 4.7 is because the first year is he struggled, and then they made him better. But I do agree with you. I just said that the Contreras and Ortiz and Priestley or Priester situations make me worry about how they develop pitchers. We're on the same page there. Believe me, Scott. Yeah. Believe me, Scott, in the South Hills. But as far as yeah, Keller, not, that Keller is an sure example of a guy Priester. they made better. I'm not sure, I'm about sure about Priester about either. With his slider, and I'm sure about Ortiz with his fastball. For God's sakes, you got to make them better. And they've gotten worse. We agree on that, Scott. You sound like the type of guy I don't want to get on your wrong side. We agree on that, okay? Yeah, you betcha. Now I'm frightened. The threat through the phone. Yes, he sounded like a loan shark, didn't he? Yeah, it sounded very tough. Hard-minded. Anyone else? Limits? We have Dave in Delmont. In Delmont. A wonderful place. Hello, Dave. Thanks, Thanks for taking my call, Joe. You sound much friendlier and happier. Go ahead. Oh, I am. I, uh, I'm i just amazed that every time that the Pirates sign their players, they've been playing good for them. I, I mean, I'm so surprised that... Uh, it's uh, just realize it makes me realize that that's what teams do when you want to have a successful team. You you pay the players that have been playing good for you. Makes I sense. Even thinking that that does could, make sense now that you phrase it yeah. that way. Yes. I was even thinking about calling the mayor and see if I could get a key to the city for the Nuttings because all of a sudden they're starting to spend a little bit of money. So thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Not sure we're ready for a key to the city here, city limits. Although you would know better than anybody, wouldn't you? Are we just not allowed to have like a little bit of excitement that they're signing people, especially three consecutive years after not doing this whatsoever for the previous 10? Like, isn't that allowed? Well, what they've done, again, in the previous 10, they did actually do this, city limits. I hate to kill that narrative. What they've actually done is finally signed somebody to a $100 million contract. Right. 
and a couple of other pretty big contracts over 70 million. You know, I think when they signed what was what was Marte and Polanco's deals? I think Polanco was like 5 for 40 or something like there that. There was a lot of club options. Even McCutcheon's way back when was 6 for 51 or something like that. It seemed like a lot then. Since 2015 there's been nothing. So they've broken some barriers here. 100 million now a younger pitcher. I don't think they've ever signed a, a younger pitcher for more money than this or no. as much money as this. Not that I've found. And I would like that. I would like them to do more, but I would like that at 928-9370. I hope that previous guy doesn't have the text line, does he? Of course he would. He called the number. Well, everybody's got the text like, line if they have the number. Yeah, I know. That didn't make sense. He sounded like he doesn't text much, though. No, he's somebody who would rather enforce his will on the phone. <laughs> Exactly. Or or in person. And he's probably very difficult in person. Or fun. You know what I made at home this morning? What's that? Banana bread. No. Whole wheat tortellini with shaved Brussels sprouts. I was close. Yeah, and I have it here. I'll let you sample it if you oh, don't mind. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it for lunch. I'm very excited. I've lost twelve pounds. Uh some of the people in the hallway were just complimenting me that I look better. That's great. Nine two eight ninety three seventy. Thank you, City Limits. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Let's get to the Penguins as well. Mike Sullivan had an unbelievable, just mind-boggling quote yesterday that we're going to get into and compare to one that Mike Tomlin had this season as the two Mikes in town uh, seem somewhat bewildered at the moment, running out of answers, you might say. The last time either one of them either won a playoff series in hockey or won a playoff game in football. In other words, the last time either one of them had a big playoff win was what? 2018? 18, Penguins. Penguins? 2018? We're getting old and older here. 2016 for Tomlin. I know. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Donald J. Football is coming in here. At noon. I'm sure he's back there. He's got all his work done for the afternoon, guys. And him and I are going to do a little show together from noon to two. Are you excited? I'm very excited. What do you think's going to happen? I think we're just going to have the show and Donnie put in his input and we'll see how the chips fall. <laughs> yes, we will. You think it'll get ugly at times? Have you ever seen Donnie mad? I've never seen him mad. I've seen him somewhat flustered. Yeah, maybe but never flustered. Mad. Not mad. Do you think he has an angry bone inside him at all? Um, probably. I think everybody does if you hit the right nerve. Because somebody like that caller from two calls ago, uh, they keep their anger hidden and then it all explodes in one at one swoop. time. Yeah. And I've been known to make non-angry people angry. Jerry DePaula snapped on me. Ray Fittipaldo snapped on me. If those two can snap, then so can Donnie Football. Now I consider it a challenge, actually. You always challenged Ron. Those were some of the best arguments well, he's, and conversations. Yeah, he's easily snappable. His <laughs> anger is right there on the surface. Bet the NBA with no sweat, same game parlays from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It's Thursday, which means Warriors and Lakers, which means go over for Steph and LeBron. They're well-rested now. The last time they played, they both went nuts, especially Curry. And then LeBron had the winning basket. Uh, who I think we might get them combined for 100 points tonight. I'm serious. Well, 80 maybe, but definitely over. 
You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat. Same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in PA. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Mike Sullivan has confirmed that Tristan Jari will get the start in net tonight at PPG Paints Arena for the Penguins against the Montreal Canadiens at 7 o'clock. Jari in his career against Montreal is 5-1-1 with a 2.71 goals against average. And the Pirates and Mitch Keller have agreed to terms on an extension. According to Jason Mackey, five years and $77 million for the Bucko All-Star. Headlines for Papa Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. You like that City Limits? Second time I've ever heard the song, yeah. It grows on me every time I hear it. Little John Hyatt. <clears throat> he might have been on City Limits for all I know. Austin City Limits. Cry Love. What a song. What an artist. I saw him. I don't remember what the name of the place was. The Rosebud. Graffiti. One of those places. Just tremendous. Anyway. I was in the middle of an opening soliloquy today when the Keller news broke. We spent the whole show on that for good reason. Five years, $77 million. Just an incredible deal for the Pirates, the more I think about it. And it is a straight five-year, $77 million deal. There's no options included. Oh, and yeah, be- you saw that? It begins this year. Jason Mackey just reported a couple okay. minutes ago. Well, you, you kind of understand it from both sides, you know? For Keller... There's always that risk, especially power pitchers of that arm injury. And he still would have had to wait through this season and all of next season, and that's a lifetime in pro sports. That's a lot of pitches before he could have struck it rich on the open market where he surely would have gotten more and maybe way more than $15.5 million per year. So now he's got $77 million guaranteed. Him and the next few generations are set in the Keller family. He gets that. The Pirates get a guy who may still be ascending, who already is a 200 strikeout guy. Um, and he's not even in the top 30 in salaries. Not even in the top 30. By the time that this contract expires, he won't be in the top 50 or 75. No. The way the contracts continue to move and expand. Will there ever be a point where contracts at some point drop off? Like, what has to happen so that Patrick Mahomes in five years I mean, doesn't make $90 you know, million dollars a year? It's the law of the universe, City Limits. If something expands, it will eventually contract. Right. But that doesn't seem to be happening in pro sports. No, not at all. But I still think the universe wins in the end, one way or another, especially in a sport like baseball. One way or another, uh, there's going to be contraction. But we'll see. In the meantime... Penguins, Kyle Dubas spoke yesterday, told us all that any discussion of Mike Sullivan or the coaches is low-hanging fruit. So I guess we can't criticize them. They're not the problem. 
even though it's unbelievably indicting to him and them that they have had their star players available for every single game this season. And last season, Gino and Sid played all 82. So the core four, the guys that Dubas said he ain't touching, Sid, Gino, Latang, and Carlson, which I don't know why he's untouchable, but those four have played every game and they've gotten really good goaltending. So that's pretty indicting of the coach and his staff, I would say. Injury's not an excuse. Sorry. I mean, Noah Lachari is a nice little player, but I ain't using that one. And I think Sully is running out of answers. I think he is. I think he's bewildered. I think this is like Mike Tomlin with his offense. It, it's funny because it's offense for both of them. Matt Canada running the Penguins power play. It's it, Neither team could score to the, to the point. We're not talking a two-week slump. We're not talking a two-month slump. The Penguins couldn't score last year. They didn't finish in the top 10. Their power play stunk last year. This year, it's reached hideous, embarrassing proportions, just like the Steelers' offense did, where nobody can ignore it anymore, whereas the head coach, you have to be mortified by what you're seeing and unable to fix. And it leads to quotes like this. This was yesterday. This was Sully answering a question from a Montreal reporter, and then I'm going to compare it to an equally ludicrous Tomlin quote from this season. Let's start with Sully. Your team has been involved in 23 uh, one-goal games this season. You've only managed to win seven of them. In a general way, how do you explain that your team has been so often on the wrong side of those one-goal games? I think it's easy when guys like yourself come in and point to one statistic and then try to draw conclusions from it. And what that lacks is context. Yeah, so for example, you could look at it in a way that the fact that we're in so many one-goal games, how many multiple-goal games did we create, did we turn into one-goal games because we pushed back and got back in the hockey game and gave ourselves a chance to win? Do you have more of that? That's He, what it, he that, wasn't done yet. That was it. No, that was the full answer. No, it wasn't. He talked about how it was a flawed question, and he went on with that for a while. That's okay, City Limits. It is, but there's more to it. Um, but that was the key part. That was the key part. Um, your question lacks context. And what exactly is the context coming from Sully there? Like, like, hey, buddy, you're not mentioning the fact that we were getting blown out a bunch and got desperate late and made those close games. It was a flawed answer. And it was an answer out of context, not the question. And it's Sully's job if he thinks it's out of context to put it into context. And he failed to do that. You know what else he failed to mention? They've lost four games that they led going into the third period. So if you're going to mention the games that you lost, in that you should have lost by more but made a comeback late, how about you also mention the games that you, that you blew leads in? You were ahead in games and blew leads. The Penguins are 3-8 and eight in regulation. I'll even eliminate overtime games for their sake. Okay? I'll even eliminate what, what some might term the crapshoot of overtime. And let's just go regulation in one score game. The, the guy's question was basically, Coach, why can't you guys win close games? 
And that's a very legitimate question because this team stinks in close games. Let's just look at the division. In regulation, in one-goal games, the Penguins are 3-8. and eight. The Islanders are 8-3. and three. The Capitals are 8-3. and three. The Devils are 7-4. and four. The Rangers are 7-4. and four. And even the Flyers are 4-5. and five. And the pitiful Blue Jackets are 3-5. and five. They're all better than the Penguins in one-goal games. Or Sully could have simply said, have you seen our, our power play? That's why we're 3-8 and eight in one-goal games. We can't put games away. We don't, we don't utilize our biggest advantage, which should be stars on our power play. It's our power play. Good question. It's killing our season that we're 3-8 and eight in one-goal games and can't win in overtime either. Very pertinent question. Thank you for asking. That's destroying our season. And it's the power play. Instead of that answer. That answer. Well, you say you say we can't win one goal games. I'll come right back at you and say a lot of those. We should have been killed in those games and we weren't. How's that for an answer? City limits. It's one of the worst answers I've ever heard Sully give. He's usually very thoughtful and, and sensible. He's just continuing to give excuses. And I don't know if it's that he doesn't have the answers to this at this point or if he has a bigger issue with the current problem at hand with how the Stars are playing and the fact that this roster is just structured in a way that maybe he just can't coach it. And he's getting hot about it, which yes. when, when he does that, you know somebody is, is on to something. He's hot about it. Uh, usually he's very measured, and maybe this is – Maybe this is sort of reflexive because you know he's keeping things inside after games. In fact, he said he was happy the other night with their effort and all of that. Some good things in this game. Yeah, that they what? battled back when they were down to the majority yeah, of the game. Yeah, right. That was, a, that, was the, that was the poster boy game. Hey, look at this. We battled back late. Yeah, we still lost, but we battled back late. Probably should have been blown out. What are you talking about? We don't get blown out. What is this? Neil Brown saying, hey. We might not be very good, but I'll bet you we won't finish last. We've gotten to the point where Mike Sullivan is basically saying, well, we showed some fight, and I'm glad we saw that. Yeah, and that is the bar. That's the bar. That, that is, should not even be close to the bar. One of the worst answers I've ever heard him give. So it reminded me of the other beleaguered Mike in town, Mike Tomlin, who after a game against Jacksonville in which his defense forced three turnovers, including an end zone interception, which takes at least three, but possibly seven points off the board, which counts as many as any you might score the other way, last I checked. This is what he had to say, and I'm sure you remember this one, after a three, after his defense forced three turnovers in a loss to the Jags. We were able to get some turnovers, but they weren't the type of turnovers that, that tee up the offense in terms of being on the short field, although I do appreciate them. Uh, they kept the score down. Uh, they weren't the type of ones that teed up the offense. And so, um, obviously, we, did, we got a desire to, to dominate the turnover component of play. Uh, we got some, but not, not the type um, that's really advantageous. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Come on, defense. You're supposed to play offense, too. My offense is so hideous and historically embarrassing. Thank in you, fact, defense. In fact, you should be scoring touchdowns like you did in that Cleveland game. We need more touchdowns from our defense. I had never heard Tomlin, uh, like Sully, is extremely you know, thoughtful and sensible. What the hell was he talking about? His defense gave him three turnovers, including an end zone interception in that game, but they weren't the type of turnovers that tee up your offense. So we have one coach saying that, the other one saying, yeah, we lose all of our one-goal games, but did you see how we fought back from almost getting killed? We had close losses instead of blowout losses. Come on, ask a better question. These guys are losing it, City Limits. They're losing it. Thank you, defense, but could, could you could you please try to get that turnover a little bit closer to the end zone that yeah, we're trying to score on, please? Preferably inside the other team's 20. Yeah, I'd on. really like that. What are we doing here? And both of these situations are born of having no answers for embarrassing offenses. Just embarrassing. The Penguins have become a top six team in goals against. And they can't win. All their best players are healthy and they're getting really good goaltending and they can't win. They can't win. And I think Sully has just reached the end of his rope here. I really do. And I think that unless they go on some dramatic winning streak here, they should win tonight. And come on, the Canadians are in town. They played last night. They've one of the worst penalty kills. Not that the Penguins could take advantage of that, but they could. If ever they were gonna, it would be tonight. Man, these two weeks before the deadline, they go out to Western Canada. They have to go at Vancouver and at Edmonton. Ugh. And like I said earlier, if you're Dubis and you're giving him these two weeks, if if he really hasn't made up his mind, I'm not sure I believe that, but if he really hasn't made up his mind and these two weeks will determine it, that two-week time frame gets shortened to one night if they lose to the Canadians tonight. That's it. Done. Start moving, people. And as I attempted to point out today in my Post-Gazette column, I, I, I think you need to sort of turn the the looking glass here on the Penguins. You could look at this like Dubas is in a very good position, a very strong position. He has things that everybody else wants. He has assets, and they're not just assets. They're, they're the kind everybody wants. If you're, if you're a contender, proven, talented, quality NHL players, some of whom would bring you cup-winning experience. Lots of teams could go for that, and he has lots of players that fit one or both of those categories. The, the, the sad thing is it hasn't worked here. It hasn't worked. But that doesn't mean that Kyle Dubas isn't sitting there in a position where he could make a lot of moves here. You don't think the Edmonton Oilers would like to have themselves a Brian Rust? You don't think a bunch of teams would like to have Jake Gensel? Maybe give up a first-round pick, maybe something else even in return for Jake Gensel, and then the Penguins could try to re-sign him maybe in the offseason? A Jake Gensel rental? How about Riley Smith? 
How about Marcus Pedersen, who's going to need a new deal? His his contract expires after next season when he turns 29. Don't get me wrong, I like him. But he is going to turn 29, and he's going to need a new deal that'll take him into his 30s. Somebody see something maybe still in Ricard Raquel? How about Lars Eller for a contender? He's having a pretty good season for Lars. I mean, he, he is what he is. He's a third-line guy and a good leader, tenacious defender, all of that. Now, Sully lately is treating him like he's, like he's you know, Pavel Bure or something. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. He's on your first power play. He starts overtime. What are we doing with Lars Eller? But he's very, very, I think, marketable. Nedeljkovic is marketable, and Jari is too. You can't lose there. They have a kid, Joel Blomquist, in the AHL, who's going to be 23 and who's having a great season. That should allow you to move a goalie. So the idea that, do, you know, what's Dubas going to do? He, he, he doesn't have assets. He's got tons of them. And this is all without touching your core four. And he, he intimated strongly that he wouldn't. Of course, obviously, Sid. But then you have Gino, Latang, and Carlson. I, I, why, wouldn't, why is Carlson untouchable? This hasn't worked. And he would bring back something good, even if it's only tons of cap space. But why would he be untouchable in your core four? That part I don't get. The other three guys seem to be united for life, and, and that seems to be understood, although... There may have to be a conversation with Malkin. The other complicating factor is is partial no-movement clauses. Carlson has a full no-movement clause. Well, you know, they're like any contract. They were drawn up to be broken, right? So maybe somebody under normal circumstances doesn't want to go out to Edmonton. But maybe for a stretch run and to go chase a cup with Connor McDavid, they waive that partial no trade, whatever teams they have on that. Maybe Edmonton's one of them. Those were made to be waived and broken, especially once you find out your team doesn't want you anymore anyway. There's all kinds of possibilities here. And what it would amount to is a soft rebuild. Keep the core four if that's what you're going to do. But you just heard me mention all kinds of people, and Jari, I think, is... is very interesting. You have Bloomquist ready to bloom. You like that horse? And you have Nedeljkovic, who's, a, who's an unrestricted free agent, so you might want to sign him or trade him and keep Jari. I think uh, Nedeljkovic could, could bring back something good, too, right now. You're looking to gather assets in the form of really good draft picks, younger players, uh, prospects who are just about ready, nearly ripened. You want to start collecting those people and retool and reload. Even if the Penguins kept this team together, who's to say they wouldn't be worse next season, right? Dubas admitted we got to get younger. Well, now's the time. He's in a good position. Pierre Lebrun just reported yesterday that everybody's available except that core four. Good. That's what I like to hear. Back to Jari. Maybe Dubas is, was playing chess from the beginning here. Sign Jari to a reasonable long-term deal. He's a good regular season goalie in a goalie-starved league, and then parlay him into something else. 
you're looking at a guy in Jari who's only 28 years old. He doesn't turn 29 till the end of April, by which time the Penguins will be riding golf carts instead of buses. Am I right, City Limits? It sure looks that way anyway. Yeah, it sure does. He's 131 and 77, Jari, is in his NHL career. He leads the league in shutouts this year. He's a career 914 save percentage. He's signed to a very reasonable long-term deal, and he's still fairly young. What's there not to like for another team about that? I think we tend to focus on his playoff performances. I think other teams would focus on this as a good goalie with a nice contract who's still young. If he's healthy in the playoffs, I bet he'll perform. That's my whole point here is we've reached a crossroads where the 30-something, you know, adding on old guys to go with the old guys plan, it ain't working. It's not working. Hextall tried it. Dubas has tried it. It's time to try something different, unless something very dramatic happens in the next two weeks, and maybe even if it does. Do something different here. The opportunity exists because you have what every contending team wants. Good players. They do have good players for sale. That's just a fact. I don't know why it's not working here. I'm not going to mention the coaching because Duba said that's low-hanging fruit. Nothing to do with the coaching, but it's not working here. So start shipping them out. Get younger. And in the long run, get better. I think it's time. Donnie Football coming up next. And this should be very interesting. Myself and Donnie Football, who would have thunk it when I was teaching at Waynesburg and he was a just a youngster heading into Waynesburg. Never got to teach him in a class until today. He's basically a, a student in here, isn't he? Never got to teach me in a class either. I know, that was sad too, but you, uh, you're five years younger than Donnie Football, right? Right. You left right before I got there. Very sad. City Limits Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing HVAC provider for over 50 years. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Route 19, Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Donnie and I might play a couple quarterback games, might talk a little Justin Fields. We can listen to the Justin Fields. We can listen to some of these Ben clips. But he's going to have to be Donnie Baseball. For part of this show. And there is a Donnie baseball. That's Don, Don Kelly and Don Kelly. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Because uh, well, we're going to talk a lot more Mitch Keller. I want to know from people out there whether you think that whether you consider this to be the Pirates extending goodwill toward you or whether you're more cynical. Either way, I want to hear it because I think there's there's room for both opinions and many more at 412 928-9370. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 49 today with a chance of rain throughout the day. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Five years, $77 million, the extension that the Pirates and Mitch Keller reportedly agreed to today. Pirates for a spring training game is Saturday against the Minnesota Twins at 1 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. You can also hear it hit basketball at 5.30. Our coverage starts at 5 against Virginia Tech from the Peterson Event Center with the Panthers tied for fifth place in the ACC. Hear it all on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com.
best quarterbacks in this draft. All that said, he very easily could end up going in the third round or later just because uh, teams have issues that, that some of us, like myself, don't necessarily have with Michael Penix. Yeah, Ryan, as you say that, there there is a clear three at the top. You have these guys going one, two, three, Williams, Daniels, and May. Uh, then it does seem like McCarthy going to go in those early teens of the draft. Then it seems that Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are those next two. Now, we know that you like Penix more, but what are what do you think is the possibility that one of those two guys slips to the second or even third round, like around the time that the Steelers would have a pick at 52 or even 84? Oh, they could be there. Um, and absolutely. And the thing is, Donnie, that you sort of realize as we there are ebbs and flows to the drafts in terms of what teams like and don't like. There was a time where smallest receivers weren't going to get drafted on on day two, and then the Tank Dells of the world happened, and the Demario Douglas is out of out of New England, who actually ended up going on day three, but perhaps could have gotten drafted higher. And you're like, oh, okay, you can win with smaller receivers. They don't have to be six four. And the thing with quarterbacks now is you don't see a lot of them going in round two, and there seems to be a hole right there in round two where these round two quarterbacks don't necessarily work out. So if you don't get it in round one, you'll circle back either uh, in the third or even day three to find those guys. So I think there's probably a better chance Bo Nix gets drafted before Michael Penix, just based on what I'm hearing right now. And I like Bo Nix. I thought he, he he's a solid player. He's played a ton of football, just like Michael Penix Jr. But both those guys – if they don't go top 32, maybe they're around in, in round three if that's the guy you want to take a flyer on. And then the question becomes, well, how often do those guys work out as long-term answers at quarterback? And the, the answer, of course, is very rarely. Russ Wilson was a third-round pick because of the size. So we know about Mason Rudolph being a third-round pick and how his career uh, has gone so far, and he's out of contract as we sit here. Uh, but I think the top three guys uh, appear set, and we'll see which one ends up going second, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May. Drake, Drake May didn't play as well as, as – Jaden during the season, but you can say the thing about Caleb. But but after that, it's going to be wide open, and it'll be interesting to see. I would guess right now four quarterbacks go in the first round, and the, the fourth one will, will be the mystery candidate. But I would imagine, as we sit here before the combine, J.J. McCarthy probably is the favorite to be that fourth quarterback. I think Drake May is the best quarterback in the draft. And if I were drafting, uh, he would be my number one overall pick. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts on how you would rank what now seems to be the top three in any order. I think everybody has Williams one. Now it's it, Daniels or May, May or Daniels. Uh, what happened to Drake May's numbers? I feel like if I feel like if he had gone into the if he had been able to go into the draft after his first full season, after the 2022 season, uh, he would have been he would have been the number one overall pick, I think, or the top quarterback maybe to go in the draft or the second one. I forget who went first. What happened to him? between his uh, second and third seasons here, numbers-wise. Yeah, you're not alone, Joe. There are teams that like Drake as QB1, and part of that is just the physical tools. He's he's big. He's he's fast. He can probably add a few pounds, but that's okay. He has a big arm. Uh, he makes a lot of plays off structure, which is what you want to see from uh, today's quarterback in terms of you know being able to play outside of the pocket. What happened? New offensive coordinator, so he, he was in a new offense. He lost some playmakers. Josh Downs got drafted. Uh, to the Colts and Tez Walker, who who was his big play receiver, didn't come into the third or fourth game because of some silly NCAA infractions that were finally uh, overturned. He was allowed to play, and the offensive line wasn't quite as good. So he was asked to do a lot. Now, there are questionable decisions that he made on tape, but like I said, you can go down the board and find that with every single player. So I don't think it was so much what Drake May didn't do. It was just what he was – 
what was around him, and, and perhaps, and we see this a lot. Of, we saw this with Jordan Love his last year at Utah State. We saw this with Brock Purdy at Iowa State. They try to do too much uh, because they feel like they, they're the the only show in town, and sometimes it can backfire. Now, I think that Drake May played better than Jordan Love or Brock Purdy did their final years in college, and but there are teams that like him better uh, off the field. He's going to be as squeaky clean as they come. He comes from a long line of. Uh, athletes in his family. His brother, Luke, played for the National Championship Tar Heels and, on the basketball team, um, and he's a great kid, and the physical tools are, are second to none. Some of the comps you hear Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't know if he's quite Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson, but he's a great player. Uh, I think Jane Daniels helped himself more than anyone just because of the way he played after basically being asked to leave Arizona State. The last few years at LSU have been incredibly impressive, and last year he won the Heisman for a reason. And Caleb gets a lot of hate. I, I don't get it. If you watch Caleb play, he is better coming out of college than Patrick Mahomes was, and that's the comp that's the easy one that you hear. Now, there'll be questions about his dad's involvement in his professional life, and those are concerns and questions you have to answer. But I think all three guys are, are going to be top five picks, and all three guys. The other thing you got to remember, Joe, is like, okay, Bryce Young goes to Carolina, and he doesn't have a chance. CJ goes to, to Houston, and there's an infrastructure around him. So you have to put these players in the right position to have success because if you ask them to do everything, it's just not going to work out in year one. Ryan, how about some of those quarterbacks that are the true mid-round targets that the Steelers will probably have their eyes on even more realistically? The guys that are late late second night uh, or even the, the third day of the draft, and who are the names that you like the most out of that crop? If the Steelers were able to get Bo Nix in round three, uh, I, I I like that. I, I think he's, he's a winner, and that's sort of a catch-all and maybe a, a, a lazy take in some level, but I, I think he does a lot of things well. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I mentioned Spencer Rattler when I talked to, to Pody and, and Chris a few days ago. The Steelers fans were very anti-Spencer Rattler, but I, I love that kid. He is a tough kid. He has grown and matured as just a human being, and uh, he can make every throw. He's a little undersized, but he's tough. Michael Pratt out two lanes, another name, name to keep an eye on. He had a really good senior bowl, was injured for part of the season, so came on late there. Um, and Jordan Travis is, is an interesting one. Obviously, he had that, that serious leg injury at the end of the season. But if he's available late on day three, you could take a flyer on him. He's an older player. He, he's certainly gotten better over the course of his career at Florida State. And he did some really good things last year for an undefeated Florida, te- Florida State team uh, that didn't make the, the, the playoffs, which obviously is still a point of contention with Florida State fans. But he's another name that, that I would keep an eye on should we get to sixth round or so. And, and he's still out there because of the injury. Ryan, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. It's always great. And, man, that would be quite the pick for the Steelers. I bet you'd have a lot of happy people and a lot of people wondering what the hell just happened. But that's the beauty of it. Uh, Let's just take Jackson Powers Johnson, then we can all feel better about it. How about that? (laughs) Let's do it. Thanks, man. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Is he still on the line? City limits? I forgot to ask him about Ron Cook. He was a big Ron Cook reader. No, he's not. When he went to CMU. I didn't know if he knew the news with Ron that Ron retired. Do you know, Donnie? Mm, I would hope so. I mean, you never know. He's also probably wondering why it was me talking to him and not Ron. Maybe, but he didn't ask. He could just think Ron was out sick. That's true. Now I feel bad. I'll call him. I'll text him and tell him what happened. Wow, would that be interesting if they took Michael Penix, huh? I want to ask you, Donnie, what you think about the top of this draft with the quarterback. So we'll be back To talk about that, we're going to get into the Mitch Keller signing a little bit more here. Donnie Football in the studio until his show at 2. Fan uh, Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit him at southhillskia.net. Who needs a restart? 
Presented by locally owned Restart IT Services. Expect more from your IT company. Go to callrestart.com. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Guess what? It's Thursday, and I like to tell you about NBA TNT Thursdays. LeBron's hurt. Is that what you're telling me? What happened there? He's out, not playing tonight. Ankle injury. What? There was just the all-star break. That's weird. Up. That's weird. Maybe in practice. All right, then go Steph Curry for 60. How about that tonight? I like it. I'm very much looking forward to this game. You can bet no sweat same-game parlays from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge every Thursday. You get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. Same-game parlay is the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score a bigger payday. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash Starkey to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay on TNT Thursdays. That's FanDuel.com slash Starkey. 21-plus, present in Pennsylvania. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. The Washington Wizards have signed former pit guard forward Justin Champagny to a 10-day contract. And the Pirates' Derek Shelton has officially announced that Mitch Keller will be the Buckeyes' opening day starter after today being reported by multiple sources that Keller and the Pirates have agreed to a five-year, $77 million contract that begins this season, also has no club options included in it at all. Five years, $77 million that begins this season. Headlines, they're powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. She said, I've seen you in here before. I said, I've been here a time or two. I like this. Is this city about limits. city limits in college? This one's for Donnie. Did you two know each other in college? No, I'm, I'm no. too much of his elder. <laughs> I was out of there in 2018. I'm almost six years. Post Waynesburg, Joe. Wow. Well, let's not beat around the bush here, Donnie. You took topless photos of yourself. Uh, was it yesterday? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was my one year Awaken 180 post to illustrate where I where I started. So, do you where... have a six pack now? No, no. I, I'm I'm not quite that far yet, but it's it's looking a whole lot better than where I was February of 23. How do you mind my asking? How much did you weigh then and now? I went from 272 down to 227. Wow. I, I weighed in the other day at 228. So I Holy lost bird milk. I lost 45 in the 10 weeks. That is really impressive. I'm only one pound up from the 10 weeks ending. So that's like nine months ago. Do you get cravings for sugar? Not really. I mean, I I know that we, we I know we joke about my my little Skittles addiction here at the office, but. Not really. It. What's been the most difficult thing about it for you? I mean, early on, like giving up something like pizza, for instance, mm-hmm. like a, a very top tier food uh, in, in my in, in <laughs> my is. in my animal kingdom. Uh, but I mean, I'm still able to have it. It's not like I completely took it out. Right. I just have one piece now. When yeah. They come I, in I, on Wednesdays. I, I've just gotten into like a lot better routines 
of things, and it's I'm trying to really do the helped. same thing. I've do- I've dropped 12 pounds in a month. I think you look good, Joe. You're getting ready for golf season. They have these Butterfingers out there, the mini ones, and I'm not kidding. I would eat 10. I know you love day. Butterfingers. Because I'm always anxious and scared. I would eat my feelings all day. There was a guy I used to work for in Buffalo at Bocce's Pizza, which is incredible pizza. Have you had legitimate buffalo wings? Are you, can you still eat wings? Oh, yeah. Have you had legitimate buffalo wings from Duff's or the Anchor Bar? I've I've had Duff's. Yeah. Th- that was in 2016. I went to that Steeler game whenever uh, Bell ran for like 250 uh, in the snow. In the snow. Oh, that yeah. was epic. Um, That was a classic buffalo game. Yeah. So this guy used to be my boss at Bocce's, and I worked over the chicken wing thing. And I used to go home with, like, grease burns up and down my arm every night. But that's beside the point, Donnie. Um, he weighed, he was up to around four bills. Oof. Yeah, he, he was bigger than Mulsey's cranium. <laughs> and he lost all kinds of weight years later. I went in and saw him. I'm like, really? Jim is his name. I said, how did you do that? He said, it was the grazing that did me in. He said, I would be in here for 10 or 12 hours in a day, constantly grazing on those things, little candies like I was. Yeah. Things like that, just constantly, constantly throw one chicken wing. It doesn't seem harmless in your mouth, you know? But that, he said he cut that out, and that was the key to it, and that's what I'm discovering. But I have, I do have cravings for donuts, cookies, cake, ice cream, candy, all of that, Diet Coke, I used to go home, and in order to recover from Ron, I would I would sit in my big brown recliner at home right when I got home, eat a pile of salt in the form of, like, chips, corn chips, Fritos or something, mm-hmm. and sugar, whatever was on hand, ice cream, cake, and just, just fall asleep there like a beached whale. <laughs> my wife had a picture the other day. You know how the, the iPhone has little movies they make for you of your past? Yes. Yeah, that's a, those are nice. One of them was, was, was our trip to Arizona, me and her and my daughter, like four years ago, pre-pandemic, maybe four, yeah, four, I guess. And there was, the, there was glass, there was a pool where you could go underneath and you could see somebody swimming by looking through the glass, that type of thing, like you're in an aquarium. So all of a sudden in this movie, you see my daughter swim through. She's still little, you know, she still has teeth missing and things. And then you see this horrendous creature. (laughs) I look like a pregnant sea animal. And all you see is this pale, white, disgusting (laughs) stomach coming through there. And we we laughed. We laughed for 10 minutes. It was, it's hideous what I looked like. And I was living like that. I think you look good. Then you got into golf. Well, then I got into golf, but that didn't help that much. What's helped is going in there, telling when I had pneumonia a month ago, having then tell me I was almost 230 pounds and had a blood pressure reading that was higher than Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, ridi- that, that, it was ridiculous. I'm like, I, I ain't going out like this. I'm at least going to give myself a shot to see my kid's wedding. I'm an older dad anyway. I'm not going out like this. So I've joined, you know, this eating club where we make dinners every night. You saw the the lunch I just made. Yeah. Whole wheat tortellini with uh, shaved Brussels sprouts, Donnie football. I like Brussels sprouts a lot. That that has to be a top food that you, whenever you're a kid, you're told, like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's always, I'm yes. going to make you eat Brussels sprouts. And now, like, we have them 
uh, like like Sarah will make them on like the side of like for something. Right. I love them. So do I. You put a little honey, not much salt because yeah. of the blood pressure, mm-hmm. but a little bit. And then there's all these other spices, Donnie. She uses a little bit of uh, sriracha. Yes. Yeah. Big move by her. Are you getting married? Uh, not. We don't have that officially uh, planned yet. But I mean, I I think I would say it's working in that direction, Joe. Yeah. Somebody in the office here got uh, her her fiance asked her by putting the ring in a seashell, and they went down to the beach on vacation. They were picking shells, collecting shells, and he handed her a shell and and said, "Why don't you check this one out?" And there was a ring inside it. Do you have any ideas for how you're going to do this? And I think yours should be. I think you, yours would be classic at like a minor league hockey game, <laughs> like the Wheeling Nailers up on the scoreboard. And it, it's uh, it's Frosty Friday or whatever the beer night's called. Exactly. <laughs> One dollar beer night. Do you think you're going to do it that creatively? Uh, I don't know if I would do the sporting event thing. No, I think that I think that puts the the other person in a very high pressure situation. <laughs> it does. It does. You're right. It's more so than just like, okay, it's you and me and maybe whoever's taking the video of this and like family. Right. Yeah. The, the the guys that pull that at a sporting event, you're putting that you're putting the person in a very tough spot. Have you thought ahead to who you might leave out from the office or will it be a small <laughs> one? I mean, obviously Pony and Muller and, and your bosses get invited. City limits gonna get one? Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean we're, we're, well, we're Sarah told me I wasn't <laughs> invited. All you get is a we'll see. You know Sarah? Yeah, I met her at the uh karaoke event. You're only giving him a we'll see. I don't want to make any promises. I mean, that hurts. He also. I'm torched. Uh, city limits. He also lives like two minutes away from us. We're neighbors, and Donnie has never asked to come over my house and hang out. It feels like he's in, or should be. <laughs> right? I, he's he's on more of the plus side of the we'll see. I'll like, take it. You give the we'll see, and it's like. Yeah. We had a very uncomfortable situation in the office many years ago, and Greg Giannotti, who has since made it very, very big. Oh, yeah. He got married, and I didn't get invited. And he claimed that the invitation got lost in the mail. Got lost in the mail. <laughs> you could still make that excuse then, and uh, that didn't feel good. So I'll, I'm going to go ahead and invite City Limits on your behalf if you don't. <laughs> okay, mind. thank All you, right. Joe. You guys could be each You're other's welcome. plus ones. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Back to the draft. What's going to happen with Justin Fields? I mean, I see their team president giving him the dreaded vote of confidence. I see Fields himself saying, I just want to get this over with, you know, one way or another, but I want to stay. You can't keep him and then draft Caleb Williams, can you? And, and like, forfeit the idea of bringing in so many assets and resources? What do you think will happen and what do you think should? I think they're, he's definitely going to get uh, traded. I, I, I don't think they are going to have both guys. So it's either they trade that first overall pick and they keep Fields, or they trade him, they keep the pick, they take Williams. I don't think there's any universe where what would you do? they have both guys. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, mean, I shouldn't say that. It's possible. It's possible, you know, but I don't think so. What would you do? If I'm if I'm the Bears, I think I actually try to trade Fields just because it's it hasn't worked out, and you can just have that fresh start. Like you have a new offensive coordinator in the building as well, and 
I think you have the clean break. You take Williams, and you just send Fields off to the highest bidder, whether that be the Falcons, whether it be the Steelers. There, there will be there will be a couple of teams involved at least. I don't think as many though as what people assume. Like like that that's the big thing out of this. Like the Bears ask for a first round pick. That's obviously going to be what they ask for. You always want to set the price high. That's how I don't negoti- think they're getting it. Right. That's how negotiations work. The other team's going to come in and say, "All right, well you're not getting the first round pick, but I'll give you this pick, my my second round pick." And I know that the Falcons have the Falcons have a better set of draft capital than what the Steelers have, which could put them in the advantage. But yeah, I think I think Justin Fields knows deep down like he's going to be elsewhere next season. I, I I get the unfollow thing on Instagram that gets overblown, like George Pickens did his whole thing middle of the season. He did a good job of masking it. I think he that knows Fields deep. unfollowed the Bears on everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think he knows deep down, like this isn't where I'm going to be. They're they're going to pick Williams and they're going to move on from me. I think money has a lot to do with it. I think if you're not sure about a guy and it's time to pay him big, big money, pretty much to be that time, I think it's probably smart to move on. All right, Donnie, football. We got to get we we got to come back to where it all started. At the beginning of the show, I was launching into a penguin soliloquy when City Limits broke in and said that the Pirates had signed Mitch Keller. So Donnie and I are going to solicit calls here because you know, you know out there that if it was negative pirate news today that if they had traded let's say one of their good young players, something like that, these phones would light up like a pinball machine. So let's talk about it. Are you encouraged by this? Do you get the feeling these days that the Pirates are more interested in winning? They've now signed three players, Hayes, Reynolds, and Keller to contracts for over $200 million. It is just It's just the cost of doing business, but that's kind of the point. The Pirates are engaging in that. They finally have paid a player $100 million in Reynolds. They've now signed a good pitcher. For 77 more million. Team friendly, yes. So what? Good for them. How does this make you feel as a Pirate fan, especially if you've been an embittered Pirate fan? Let's have a conversation about it. 412-928-9370. 50 minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19. Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. I can't wait to do Techs in the City. With uh, with Donnie football here, we had a person repeatedly texting in Joe Sucks earlier. <laughs> Maybe Austin will read that one later. There's a lot happening here. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 49 today with a chance of rain. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Five years, $77 million is the deal for Pirates starting pitcher Mitch Keller. Was an all-star in 2023. Single-season strikeout leader set last year for the Bucks, 210 Ks. Keller is also going to be the opening day starter, Derek Shelton announced today. Washington Wizards have signed former Pitt forward Justin Champagny to a 10-day contract. Pitt basketball plays on Saturday against Virginia Tech at the Pete at 5.30. You can hear our coverage beginning right here on 93.7 The Fan at 5 and also on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 93.7thefan.com.
I felt very sad yesterday when Mark Cabali never heard of any of the members of Crosby, Stills, or Nash. And what? Nash. Yeah, none of them. He's like 50 years old. How has he never heard of that band? I, I don't know, because he was into heavy metal. As I told him, I pictured an angry young... They're like an iconic group, but it doesn't matter uh, what you're into. Not. I mean, Neil, if you had Young, I'm sure he's heard of Neil Young, but uh, I don't know. I'm a, because he was locked in his room, dressed in all black, raging against, you know, everything Watching as a teenager. the Karate Kid. Yes, filled with teenage <laughs> angst and listening to Def Leppard. That's what a young Kabali did. I just, he, he was I just a heavy don't know how you've guy. never heard of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I know. It's shameful, actually. I just got an email called An Endless Golf Paradise. You will not have to travel far to experience paradise. Bermuda, a 90-minute flight away from the Northeast, is a tropical gem ready to be explored and has some of the best golf you'll ever see. Just don't get Should caught I in that try? Bermuda Triangle. That's all I could think of flying in. I don't know if I could fly in there because I would think, <laughs> where is the Bermuda Triangle and are we over it? I don't think I would ever go there, would you? Because of that. Yeah, I think it's a little bit odd. It's a little bit little bit scary to think of. So would that prevent you from actually going? Because it would me. Uh, I, 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 I can't go to Bermuda. Not with the triangle <laughs> in, in between me and them. I think I'd ultimately go. Would you, City Limits, in spite of the Bermuda Triangle, go there? Uh, probably not. No, I wouldn't venture there. <laughs> I wouldn't venture. He's the best, isn't he? He's on the phone, and he just interrupted a conversation to deliver that. Big news today for the Pirates. Five years, $77 million for Mitch Keller. I think it works for both sides. I think if you're a power pitcher, there's arm injury risk, and now the Keller family is set for generations. I think if you're the Pirates, there's still some risk here, obviously. But it's incredibly team-friendly. He's not even in the top 30 salaries among pitchers. Uh, but he is like 32nd, something like that, which I think is about right for Mitch Keller. I think that's about right for now. I still think he can ascend, though. So I think this is good. We're wondering, and Donnie Football is in the studio here until 2 o'clock. A pleasure to have him sitting over uh, right over where Ron used to sit, wearing a Batavia Muck Dogs T-shirt, which is Incredible. A minor league ho- baseball or hockey? Baseball. Baseball team. Uh, right in your backyard, Joe. Yeah, yeah. That's 20 minutes from Bink and Evie's house in Buffalo. So we want your reaction to this. You tell us. Does this make you happy as a Pirate fan? Does it change your mind a little bit? They've now, a lot of us thought they'll never have a $100 million player. Well, they have one in Reynolds. You know, we can talk about how much we like Reynolds, whatever, but they have one. They locked up Key Brian Hayes, who now looks like he's an unbelievable steal. And now they've locked up Mitch Keller. That's like well over $200 million in three players. Yes, it's what you're supposed to do, Donnie. But I would think you're a lifelong Pirate fan, correct? Yep. From from a fan perspective, how do you view this? I, I was All happy. Of it. I was I was happy to see it this morning. And and like you said, that they they have made the efforts on some of their cornerstone players to keep them around. Like, we know that the jokes get thrown around. We know everything that gets thrown around about their payroll and about how they do business. But I I think they have made moves in the last two seasons or so as they try to turn this corner a little bit that they have tried to keep their key players here for a long period of time. Because they go from 61 wins to 62 wins, then they jump up to 76 wins. 
I know that's because of the great first month of the season they had last year, but you hope to build on something like that where you have a 14-win improvement, you win 76 games, and you have to keep in the back of your mind, we're not really out of the question with the way the playoffs are structured now that we are going to be playing important games in the final month of the season, if you, even if you have a, a small bump from where they were last season. But, I mean, you have to try to lock down at least the one guy you got right now in that starting rotation. I know that whole body of work, Mitch Keller, it doesn't look phenomenal over the course of his career. He's really had like one complete season if you put the back half of 22 in the front half of 23. But in his five years with the Pirates, he still has an ERA over 4.7. And he had some issues early in his career, though, that he certainly helped last season. I mean, over 200 strikeouts last year and just 55 walks. Yeah, I mean, the, the, for the me, worry it, early on was this guy walks too many people. He can't strike out anybody. He's getting right. blown up. No, he looked like Tyler Glass now, part two. Yeah, he, he fixed that and in he a lot of it. ways last year. I, I, I really judge him by the last two years, and they've mostly been good. Legit ace, not yet, no. But they're not paying him legit ace money. And if everybody was angry right now, uh, we'd be talking to him. But we do have calls to go to uh, because people have opinions on this, which you would hope for. 412-928-9370. City limits? No calls. No calls. No calls. Not now, yet. Here, here's my thing, Donnie. <laughs> here's my thing. People accuse the, the media of being negative. This happened to me with Antoine Randall L. once uh, when, I, when I wrote a story saying that the Steelers have not given uh, – Ben, the weapons that the Bengals have given to Carson Palmer. They have TJ Hushmanzada. They have Chris Henry. They have Chad, Chad Ochocinco. These guys have Heinz Ward, who's not really a high-end number one. And then their number two and three are Cedric Wilson and Antoine Randall-L. And they're both the same player. They might as well be named Antoine Wilson-L. <laughs> well, he didn't like that. And his little secretary, Sean Morey, sat next to him in the locker room and we were leaving one day, and he point. Sean Moray was pointing over to me and had a copy of the story. <laughs> like, what are you, his librarian? So I said, you know what, before I leave, I'm going to go over and deal with this. Randall L., great guy. So we got in a huge battle in the locker room. And his point was negative. All you guys, you're focused on negative. I said, wait a second. I said, you're, you're giving me feedback on this story. When I wrote a great story about you and your mom when you were drafted, huge takeouts, I didn't hear anything about that. So who's more focused on the negative? And it's the same thing with this stuff. You know, there's a reason why negativity, people perceive that it sells and moves people more than positivity, because it does. If we announce today that, 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 that be, the Pirates, because they didn't want to have to pay him, Let's say O'Neill Cruz was up for a contract extension or free agency three years from now, and we announced the Pirates traded him to avoid having to pay him. These lines would be lit up like, like a Christmas tree right now. But because it's a positive story, and even yesterday with that athletic story, which I addressed right away in, in my show, you know, everybody, well, why are you talking about that? I am, I did. Everybody wants to talk about that. They do something good. Nobody wants to talk about it. 928-9370. Negativity sells. And it ain't necessarily the media. 
if it is the media, it's the media reflecting what people respond to, and they respond to negativity, not yeah. positivity. Yeah, I mean, you see it across all the sports, too. But it looks like we have a couple people lined up here. How do you know? I saw him give the little signal. Oh, all right, City Limits. People Let's go wanna, here. People want to talk some positivity. Here's Kevin in the uh, car. They don't have to talk positivity, but they just, just have to general. talk. I don't care what they talk about. They could have a negative opinion about it, City Limits. I don't care. Keller Contract. Here's Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how are you guys? Good. What's good. up? Um, I think it's a good sign. Um, they're not paying him number one dollars. Um, they're paying him two or three. The, the eleven million is is a decent price for what he gives us. Um, the only it might be negative is he's got to stay healthy, um, and he's got to he's got to complete what he changed in his pitching motion um, that got him to be you know a two hundred plus strikeout uh, pitcher. Now, Kevin, do you feel a lot better about that if Paul Skeens comes up here and he is the ace? Like, okay, they just paid oh, yeah. this money, oh, but no, that's, but Mitch Keller's that's the what, number two guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's exactly what I think the Pirates organization did. They have Skeens as the number one guy whenever he gets up here, and I hope it's sooner than later, but that's just wishful thinking. Kevin, but did I you know that, that was Donnie Football talking to you? Donnie Football, yeah, I know his voice. Okay, I just wanted to check. Go ahead. I want to have I want to have I want to have, have a wing and a beer with him and the boys down at one of the games. Kevin, I'd love that. We yeah, get we're gonna have great. to set that up. All right, man. Did you say wing in the singular? Yeah, wing. Well, you know. <laughs> Donnie, I'll, how much I'll, are you I'll, allowed I'll, to I'll, eat I'll right now? Back, but not as many as Donnie football. That's for sure. <laughs> Donnie football <laughs> just lost fifty pounds. This guy is yeah, incredible. But he's, still, but he's still eating wings, right, Donnie? I am. I am. I can eat wings, Kevin. I, I would love to have some wings. You you could, you'll have to talk to City Limits. He's our secretary. <laughs> City Limits. Describe. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. That was a wonderful right. call. I think I actually will go to Bermuda, Donnie. Changing your mind about it. Yeah, I don't care about the Bermuda Triangle. Is it even real? What does it do? It sucks in the... I, I think, it's, it, I think it it's an urban legend. Yeah? Yeah. Isn't that where, like, Amelia Earhart got lost or something? Is that what the story is? I don't know. Do you believe in UFOs or, like, uh, what's the guy's name? The Loch Ness Monster or anything <laughs> like that? I, I do think we have, we have some uh, some other life forms out there. Bigfoot? Yeah. Even all the way to Uranus? <laughs> do you, you think? Know, you know what's always funny about the alleged Bigfoot pictures? What? They're always blurry. It's 2024. Yeah. You know how, like, how good the quality is for everybody's phone now? It's always blurry. Do you believe that 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 aliens have infiltrated Earth and have are, are walking amongst us right now? I don't know. I, I wouldn't go that far. No? City limits could be one. Who knows? <laughs> he could be. <laughs> I know. I was telling— uh, He's working I... those phones in there like a pro. He is. Look at this guy. I was telling somebody, my friend Peter uh, had a book out where it was either he or somebody else claimed that aliens came into his house while he was sleeping and put, like, a computer chip in his anus. <laughs> Do you believe that that would have happened? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I, I have a few doubts about that. I think people, I don't know by if, if by those means, but I think people are observing us from afar. Probably saying, what are what the hell are those people doing down there? But they are observing us. Would you take a trip to Mars? Did you hear about these trips that are coming up? No. You can go to Mars, I think. Yeah. You think they could fly out of Latrobe? 
I like that you say it right. Mike DeFabo tomorrow will be proud. Latrobe, you said it. Yeah. Pe- people that are from around there, they always right. say Latrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think maybe Spirit Airlines will have a special <laughs> yeah. out of Latrobe. <laughs> Stop at Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Sure. Joe, you've been sparked a riot on the uh, on the lines here. Good. All the lines are full. Let's go. Let's hear some people. Here's John and Cranberry. Hello, John. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Joe, before I get into Mitch, i got to tell you one thing. As a first-time caller, long-time listener, that last week with Ron, his farewell week, was I think it was the best week I've ever heard on the show. That was just the guest that called in that you got, and that send-off was amazing, and I, had a, I wanted to tell you that. First I really appreciate that. Ron deserved that. It was a group effort yeah. with getting the calls, I think, uh, or getting the callers. I think Ben and Bettis – uh, pomp line them up, pomp line them up. So it was a group effort, but I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, he was fantastic. So I'm going to keep the positivity going. So I'm I'm a big Pirate fan, and, you know, it's been lean years. I think that what I'm really happy about is I, I, I love that Mitch is also committed to staying in Pittsburgh because I think he knows that they're trying to build something that he wants to be a part of. I really believe that. Um and I think it's a very it's a very fair deal for for him and the team, and um, I think they built a nice bullpen. So I think I think they do need to get one more arm because I we, you know the so do I Diego, so does Donnie. Was, Are you inclined to go to games? Yeah, I do go I do go to PNC. I try was to there ever a time when you didn't? Because no, I've gone since they opened. I've been a long time fan. Very loyal fan, Donnie. Would you like to ask this nice man a question? Well, I was just going to say that there's something to be said there about the point that John brought up, how Keller wants to be part of something and build something, because we don't see that a ton around pro sports. But, like, you have a player here who, you know, maybe he's been here whenever things look dire. He was here during the COVID season. He was here for the 61 win and the 62 win season. You had the jump up last year. Like, if they do get back to the point they were at about a decade ago, there there's something to be said. Like, this guy wants to be a major well, part of that. But he's also getting $77 million, right? And, 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 sure. And like you mentioned, for a guy who who's, he's had one really, really good year. Yeah. Not a great, not like a lights-out dominant year. So it's almost like a game show, Donnie, isn't it? Like, deal or no deal. Do you, Mitch Keller, want to risk two more seasons – 400 more innings yeah. on that arm and then try to hit it richer than 77 million or do you want to say who hosted that show Regis no that was Howie Mandel Howie Mandel do you want to say deal I'll take the money I'll take the 77 million you hit the little button well exactly what I'm saying is I don't want to give him too much credit for wanting to be part of this although he probably does you know he obviously does I think, but I think the bigger decision is: Do I want to take the money now, or risk that I'll I'll get nothing later? I'll take it now. Yeah, there's there's definitely truth to that because if if he if something happens to his arm, let's say this season and the deal never happened, right? Then yeah, he he is in dire straits. Do you like meatballs, Donnie? I do. Does your girlfriend make those too? Yes. She'll actually make them out of, like, ground turkey, so it's a little bit healthier. Exactly. Yeah. I'm discovering that, too, through yes. this, this meal plan thing that I signed yeah. up for. They send everything to the house. It's unbelievable. Very good. Limits? Who's next? Let's go to Darren and Shaler. Hello, Darren. Good afternoon, gentlemen. 
How are we doing today? Good. Uh, I just want to build on the positivity as well. Um, I think the Keller signing just shows you what the organization is, you know, showing us that they're moving forward, you know, and not backwards. Um, I honestly feel that I've seen nothing but positivity. Um, Maybe some of these signings, you know, just looking for players that, you know, maybe had a good year a few years ago, but trying to bring that back. Um, And I just, you know, nothing but positivity because last year, especially towards the end of the year, I saw – you know, a team that was coming together, I feel like. Now, Darren, for, for how I, – I, I don't want to take away from the positivity here, but how much concern do you have in the rotation as it sits? Because I, I think it's fair to point out that beyond Keller, I, I know that Skeens is coming at some point, hopefully, I don't know, by the month of June. Beyond Keller, there's a lot left there to be desired from what the one through five in that rotation is probably looking like? Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, definitely still a big question mark because I I do feel like we need another guy there. But I think, you know, even with something that we saw out of like Quinn Priester, I think when we first brought him up last year, his, you know, his velocity was, you know, he had lost some strength there. Um but I feel like the second go round when they brought him back up, I actually saw that velocity go up. How old so are you, I, Darren? I'm 32. Do you ever get the whole bewitched thing where there were two Darrens? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People ask yeah, you the, about that? All the time. What's the form of the question usually? <laughs> it's it's actually not a question. I just get that all the time because yeah. that's when you think of a – a Darren that name. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. I thought exactly. Dick uh, Dick York was probably the better Darren. Uh, you guys, <laughs> let's see if these young guys. Are you guys both aware of the show Bewitched? I've heard of it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know the the Darren tie-in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Darren was the dad. Overburdened dad. You know. Uh, sometimes angry, and the one Darren was better than the other. Thank you, Darren. We appreciate hey, it. Uh, one yeah. more thing. Sure. Just the pos- positivity here. Yes. Um, I will say that, you know, I go to a lot of Pirate games. I always have. Um, this is my first season as a season ticket holder. That's wow. how excited, wow. excited I am about this year. I really I really think uh, we're, we're looking at a possible playoff run here. Full season? 21 games. How much did you spend, if you don't mind Donnie asking? Uh, I got three tickets. I want to say it was probably about 2,000, Section 131. What a move by Darren. Thank you, Darren. Sounds like a solid deal. Yeah. Do you have season tickets, Donnie? I do not. not How many the, games not will you go to? Uh, I'll go to a handful. When you say not for the Buccos, do you have other team season tickets? Uh, I, I split season tickets uh, with the Steelers, yeah. I didn't one know One of my that. cousins, yeah. How much do you spend, if you don't mind City Limits asking? Uh, so I, I, sit up, I sit up with the poor people. I sit up with the blue-collar crowd Yeah. Uh, up in the end zone bleachers. How much? Uh, they're like it's like fifteen hundred or so for two tickets for the whole season. Yeah. Here, I think seriously, it's, I think it's a decent deal. No, I know, it's, but it's an NFL NFL atmosphere, right? Here, just hearing you and Darren speak, though, in all seriousness, I think sometimes I forget. I wonder if a lot of us forget that that a lot of you people out there. One of the reasons we take sports so seriously is this is like hard earned money. 
in a time when when not a lot of people just have cash rolling in. You know what I mean? They spend literally spend their hard earned money for seats. Like I would imagine, Donnie, that's a lot of money for you. Fifteen hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, I mean it's certainly not not a not something small on my like yearly budget. We we don't we don't hear many people like like Darren too that are so optimistic to the point where they actually went out and got season tickets. I I know it's not the full year plan, but right. still a, a twenty one game plan, and you just don't hear that a whole lot from any fans. Normally, it's the opposite. Oh, I got rid of them years ago, right? Because they exactly. won't put anything into it. They won't make me yeah. have the feeling to go. So I'm I'm glad there's still people like Darren out there that are saying, you know what? I think this team actually can turn a corner. I like what they're doing. Yeah, man, that would be. What did he say? Twenty five hundred. That would be a chunk out of out of my budget. Yeah. That's that's a serious commitment. Did you see where a Tigers kid didn't make that PGA Tour event? He shot an 86. I could shoot an 86, maybe. Yeah, probably not on that course. That sounds like some going low content there, Joe. You versus Charlie Woods. Is that the young <laughs> oh, man's name? Would that be great? Yeah. Would that be great? All right, Donnie. This has been very enjoyable. Let's finish it off right with more calls and today's version of Texts in the City which is going to be very exciting. City Limits has mastered this, really. We're going to read your hot takes next, including the guy who's... How many times did he text us that Joe sucks? Ten in a row? I have a picture of it. Yeah. And it takes up the entire picture of the screen. <laughs> I'm glad about that. So we'll count it up. Donnie, have you ever taken heat on this station? Uh, yeah. See, you're like a popular athlete. There's nobody that rips you. Everybody loves you. You're Donnie football. Uh... You, you've become a beloved figure. I don't see I don't see it a ton on the text line. Now I'm not looking at every single text that rolls in. I have it pulled up whenever I'm in there from two to six. Now some of these people when they call in and you're the one who fields calls are off the wall. Have you ever gotten in Joe Cop, my friend Horse, used to sit back there and sometimes rage at some of these callers. Do you ever get in that situation? <laughs> I, I never got that mad, no. Now there are some people, and I'm sure City Limits has had plenty, whenever he answers the phone. People are sometimes confused. They like think they're already on, right? And they right. just start going. Right? Yeah. I got to like calm them down. Like, hey, buddy, I'll I'll put you on hold. Just give me your name, where you're from, and and we'll we'll take care of that in a few minutes. Happens all the time. This Bermuda thing is coming together. I'm gonna try to get. I I don't realize that I can get old person's deals already. Right? I never. I don't think about that, but that's available to me. Why wouldn't I use it? As long as I don't get sucked into the triangle. There we right? go. Joe Starkey versus Charlie Woods in, in Bermuda. Bermuda. Yeah, I like that. We can do that. Donnie Football is in for the duration here. Social media's and he is social media's biggest loser. How many pounds did you lose, Donnie? 45. That is awesome. So loser in this context is a compliment. Brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today. At Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. And the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you.
I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Five years, $77 million is the contract extension for Mitch Keller. Was an all-star in 2023. And he set a new Pirates franchise record for the most single-season strikeouts. Correction by a right-handed pitcher with 210 last season. Bucko's first spring training game is on Saturday against the Minnesota Twins. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan at 1 o'clock. And also Pitt Basketball on Saturday against Virginia Tech at 5.30. Our coverage begins at 5 o'clock. And you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. What's cooking brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Thank you, Mr. Reuter. Call 412 Reuter 2 and thank you very kindly. And brought to you by your local Geico rep, Tim Hester. Thank you very kindly, kindly. Mr. Hester. Uh, the 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Jeep Dodge, Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Let's hope Tex in the city goes better for Donnie when he's on this side of it than when he was on that side of it. Are you ready, Donnie? I am ready. I love Tex in the it's, city. It's very simple. It's uh, taking si- off. <laughs> city limits. Reads a text and who sent it. And then you and I, Donnie, and, and, and limits himself. We give it a 1 to a 10 for whatever reasoning we want, like we're uh, Olympic Gymnastics judges, go ahead, Limits. All right, here we go. This is from Garrett from Sarver. He says he loves Tex in the city. That's great. And he says that Mitch Keller will throw a no-hitter in 2024. Simple, oh, direct, to I the give point. that like an eight or nine. Yeah, excited. I'm going nine on that one. I like the call for a no-hitter, too. So do I. I'll he's, give it an co- eight. he's come fairly close. At least I think he has, or else I'm just lying. What do you give it? I give it an 8. Yeah, that was a good one. Next. One of our new favorite friends on the text line is Newt. He's back again for a second day. (laughs) Is this the guy that says Joe sucks? No, not yet. No, that guy's coming up next. Mike Sullivan's continued ridiculous excuses uh, making uh, indications that he himself needs place on IR with a dislocated IQ. (laughs) (laughs) 10. I'm I'm doing 10. I'm holding up 10. That's a 10. This is Dr. J in the dunk contest. (laughs) Mike Sullivan yesterday is still absolutely mind-boggling. Somebody asked him about all the one-goal losses, and the Penguins are horrible in one-goal games. They're 3-8 and eight in regulation and, I don't know, 7-15 and 15 overall, something awful. And he blamed the guy for an out-of-context question and said, you know, basically, you don't know what you're talking about. We know as coaches. Uh, and the context he used was, how about all the games where we were getting killed and came back and made it a one-goal loss? Great, Mike. I don't know if that's the flex. I don't know if that's the flex that you thought it would be. Remember all the games where we could have gotten blown out, but could've. only lost by one. What a terrible question. Got two more from Mr. Ed in Castle Shannon. Kenny Pickett as the Steelers long-term quarterback of the future carries as much weight as saying Beyonce will only carry country music from now on. Let's move on. Just in case with an odd with an ode to Justin Fields. I felt like it was heading to good places, Donnie, and then it fell a little flat. I'm going to go 5-5. Five, five. Okay, I was going to go 6. Yeah. Limits? I'll, I'll give it a 7. Finally, Joe Sucks was texted in by the same texter <laughs> nine times in a row and blew up the text line earlier today. I heard it came from Fort Myers, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> While Dray- and you know why it was sent in? Because of a lot of free and free light. That's a 10. That's a 10. Very, very direct and to the point. Yes. That's a 10. Donnie? Easy 10. Yeah. Text in the city. That went well. The whole thing went well, Donnie. Thank you for coming in today. Thank I you, love Joe. old basketball highlights. Look it. behind you. That's Pistol Pete from his legendary days at LSU, I believe. Look at that. We had the uh, 
uh, be, be, before I I hopped in here at noon, we had I think it was the O three Big East tournament on oh. Pitt and uh, Virginia Tech. Oh, I love that stuff. I could watch that forever. Julius I, Page, Carl oh, Krauser. Oh, I miss it. I miss it. Yeah, the X going yeah. up. Yeah, he wasn't even born, or he was like a year or two old. City limits. Limits was minus three at that what point. Year? Yeah. Oh three. Oh three. I would have been two. You still had a binky in. Of course, you still had one last week. <laughs> Thank you, Limits. Good night, Alan. Thank you, Joe. Are you in tomorrow? No, I'm on the morning show tomorrow. Who's on tomorrow? Uh, Sean Myers. Fort. Don't call him Seth, the Fort. See you, man. Thank you. Donnie, that was great. We'll do it again. Sounds good. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. High of 49 chance of rain today. A really good chance since it already has rained. Uh, it's the Joe Show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Pens tonight back in action against the Montreal Canadiens. Tristan Jari will start in net. And the Pirates' first spring training game is on Saturday against Minnesota. Hear it right here on the fan at 1 o'clock and on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.